employee of the MK Development Corporation, Bernard Nichols, says a lack of space between the top of the stalls and the bridge may also be dangerous. My main concern is the fact that because they've erected the stalls in such a manner, the bridge decks themselves cannot move in the manner in which they were designed by the design engineers who quite clearly has made the point to me that these openings between the decks must be kept clear at all times by the market stuff, and they're now actually filling these holes. Now, the government's chief medical officer says the danger posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked alongside terrorism. Professor Dame Sally Davies described it as a ticking time bomb. She's warned that routine operations may become deadly in just 20 years if we lose the ability to fight infection. Dr Ibrahim Hassan is a consultant microbiologist. He says there are more cases of patients with bacterial infections who are resistant to antibiotics, which means there are now few treatment options. All you can hope sometimes is actually think of, you know, a bit of holy water because you don't have too much really to offer in terms of treatment. And we're beginning to see that in some hospitals in the country, patients coming in with this infection with no antibiotic that can be used to treat them. Locally, in the Catholic Church and the Church of England say they don't mind if parents turn to religion in order to get their children preferential treatment on school places. Father Michael Lambert, the parish priest at Church of Our Lady Immaculate and St Andrew in Hitchin, says if people find faith in any circumstance, it's a wonderful thing. But if they're lying to the church to get their child a better education, then they're misusing the faith. Emma Page from Kings Lanley believes parents who do this, though, are immoral. It does happen. It happens a lot. It's just not morally right is it yes. the school doesn't resonate with the child or the parents so it's fake basically isn't it Turning to sport now, Luton are now eighth in the conference but still won't make the playoffs after they drew one all against Hereford over the weekend. And it wasn't such great news for the other local sides, Watford, Milton Keynes, Dons and Stevenage, who all lost. So let's turn to the weather and it's remaining quite unsettled. We will see some snow showers around. Temperatures of one degree Celsius, that's 34 in Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news.
think, I think, I think, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Not 100% sure. I think we're okay. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I think, dear listener, I think that we're okay, and we may have just managed to get this computer to work. It's a little bit touch and go, but we're going to do our best. Uh, Lots coming up on the show this morning, including possibly the whole thing falling around our ears, but we don't know. We'll be discussing uh, this morning bridges. There's a bridge. Well, one gentleman thinks the bridge isn't safe. And this has infuriated market traders. (laughs) We're sending Justin Dealey to go and look at the bridge now. Also, bagpipes. There's a great story in the papers today about this guy that nearly... Well, this bit isn't great. He nearly died through playing playing the bagpipes. That bit's not great. He survived. He was inhaling a fungus. There's a bagpipe fungus. Well, today we're discussing... Is the bagpipes the best instrument or the worst instrument ever made? I love it. My deputy producer, Kelly Betts, thinks they're awful. And we're kind of deciding, do we play Mull of Kintyre by Paul McCartney and Wings? Uh, (laughs) I know, it's one of those songs, one of the biggest hits in the world, but people hate it. People love it. And we're going to try and get some local bagpipers on the show as well. If you play the bagpipes, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We're also going to hear about a man who's been in prison for over 18 years who will get his case heard at the Court of Appeal after years of protesting his innocence. If you want to get in touch this morning, lots of ways to do it. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can text 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. But the big debate this morning is, do we play Mull of Kintyre by Paul McCartney and Wings? It's up to you. Now, a man in prison for over 18 years will get his case heard at the Court of Appeal after years of protesting his innocence. Kevin Lane from Potton in Bedfordshire was convicted of the murder of Robert McGill, who was shot while walking his dog in Chorleywood in 1994. Barbara Tucker is Kevin's mother and described the moment she found out that he'd won the right to appeal. Well, it came as a shock, actually. You know, I just got a phone call from Kevin, what was it, Friday morning, I think. And said, Mum, I've got. I just had confirmation that they've granted me the, an appeal, yeah. full uh, grounds for a full appeal, and I got to be there in person. And so it was just overwhelming, really. So excited, and you can tell in his voice how, you know, excited he was as well. Because I mean, he's been trying for this now for 18 years. Well, Kevin had previously asked for his case to be reviewed after a police officer on the case, Detective Inspector Christopher Spackman, was jailed for plotting to steal £160,000 from Hertfordshire Police. His mother has always believed her son's innocence, but now, but knows the fight to prove it still isn't over. It's been a long, a long road. But, um, you know, lucky enough, he, he's one that won't give in, so he will persevere until he gets there. And at last, we're almost there, you know. You can see the sort of like the, the finishing line, but we're not over it yet. But there's, there's lots of hope there, so hopefully we'll be there soon. And, uh, well, some have been sitting in prison for 18 years when they shouldn't be there. I'm very proud of him, actually, for coping with it the way he has. Well, she says he hasn't been alone in his struggle. He's had lots of support from his friends and family and lots of people outside the family as well that have supported him. And without them, I don't think he'd have he'd have coped. So he's done very, very well, actually. You imagine sitting in a cell for 18 years. If you're guilty, fair enough. If you're not, you shouldn't even be there. And to cope with it for 18 years is horrendous, isn't it? 
Yeah, all we want now is home so we can spend many more Mother's Days and Christmases and everything else with him. But we want him home a free man. We'll wait for now for news from the court, I believe, or his solicitors to say that we've got a date to go back to, to the High Court. And uh, take, well, whatever happens then, I don't know. Whether the judge or jury or whatever happens, decide. Oh, it's just great news and we just want him home. We want to... He will prove his innocence. He is an innocent man. And he he should be home with his family. And that's where we want him. Well, we're going to hear more about this story later on as we'll speak to Kevin's mother, Barbara, after 8 o'clock this morning. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings The six o'clock alarm would never ring But it rings and I rise Wipe the sleep out of my eyes My shaven razor's cold and it stings Night on his steed. Now you know how happy I can be. Oh, and our good time starts and ends without our love one to spend. But how much, baby, do we? I suspect it's going to be one of those shows this morning with computers failing and members of the team failing. We'll get through it somehow. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Come on, what do you expect? Professionalism here? For goodness sakes, get out of it. Let's have a look at the front pages of the newspaper, shall we? The Daily Telegraph. Councillors for hire to give planning advice. Councillors across the country are offering themselves for hire to property developers who are hoping to take advantage of relaxed planning laws which come into effect within weeks. A Daily Telegraph investigation has uh, revealed today. Well, there we go. Spend more on science or fall behind, Britain warned. Uh, and there's uh, the, the price. Vicky Price is on the front page of a lot of the uh, newspapers this morning. As, uh, I think they get sentenced today, don't they? Yes, they do. The Times. Vicky Price again, buying some bin bags. 
Vicky Price, pop to the shops to buy bin liners and look at socks and hair dye. Imagine, that's the front page of the Times, OK? Imagine if every time you pop down to Sainsbury's or down to the, your local corner shop or to um, Robert Dias and uh, someone took a picture of you and wrote about it on the front page of the newspapers. Cameron faces new split over austerity and Jamie feels the heat over salt in his meatballs. He's got salty balls. He's the champion of healthy eating who's campaigned tirelessly for better quality food. But Jamie Oliver has been accused of using too much salt on his balls. That's the front page of the Times. There it is, there it is. The Independent. Resistance to antibiotics risks health catastrophe. I had an argument with the doctor about this. Remember, a few months ago. We may have another one later on today. Um, and uh, Cruft, uh, Crufts. Jilly, a petit basset griffon vendine gets a kiss from owner Gavin Robertson after she won the best in show at Crufts. Oh, for goodness sakes. Really? Uh, the Daily Mail. We're we missing a newspaper, aren't we? Yes, The Guardian's disappeared. I don't know where that is. Uh, welfare Minister rages at Bishop. There's nothing moral about trapping people on benefits, says IDS. Ian Duncan Smith was embroiled in a battle with the new Archbishop of Canterbury last night. The Work and Pensions Secretary told church leaders there was nothing moral about their opposition to flagship welfare reforms. The Daily Express... Uh, guarantee for every pension and a weather. They've always got the weather on the front. And the sun. Sir Alex, please save my life. Paul Gascoigne and Pixie Hot, because her name's Pixie Lot. And there's a picture of her where you can see pretty much... Uh, it, Pixie Hot is what you can see. Now, bagpipes. Do you love them or hate them? Do we play Mull of Kintyre this morning? If we don't get any phone calls or texts on this, we're playing it. You can go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. You can text me 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Do we play Paul McCartney and Wings, Mull of Kintyre, before 7 o'clock this morning? My vote's in the yes camp, no impartiality here. It's Sophie Tyler. There's a surprise. It's Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, not looking too bad out there at the moment. All seems to be moving well on the motorways. The M25 in particular looking good down the western stretch. The M1 also moving nicely at the moment. Usual delays not yet causing a problem. Looks like it's uh, moving well on the A405 at the North Orbital Road. And the train's also moving well this morning on the departure boards. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. Morning at 6.16. It's Monday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire man will now get his case heard at the Court of Appeal after protesting his innocence for 18 years. Market traders by Seclo Gate Bridge and Milton Keynes insist there's no danger of the structure collapsing on them. In sport, Luton are now eighth in the conference but still won't make the playoffs after they drew one all against Hereford. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks remaining unsettled with occasional snow showers this morning. Some bright and sunny spells, but it'll still feel very chilly. Maximum temperature is one degree. Coming up, how far would you go to get your child into the best school? Well, more parents are turning to religion in the three counties to get their kids preferential treatment on school places. But is it right to pretend you belong to a religious faith just to get your kids into a better school. Have you done it? Or do you think it's outrageous? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. There's a sporting story emerging. Paul Buckle has left Luton Town Football Club by mutual consent. The owners of the Centre MK have withdrawn a part of an application regarding the Primark development. Local talking points. The Hertfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner, Mr David Lloyd, has a plan to get sponsorship for police cars. The best local travel. There's been another day of disruption on the Thameslink line today. We were allowed evacuating from the train and we had to go back to Ratchet and now we're waiting for the bus. Roberto Peroni, every weekday from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio. It's, I'll be honest, it's looking like we're going to play Paul McCartney and Wings and Mull of Kintyre as we celebrate, oh, I think, the magic of the bagpipe, one of the most wonderful, unique instruments in the world. 08459 455 555. You can also use that number to call in on this story. How far would you go to get your child into the best school? More parents are turning to religion in the three counties. No, they're not praying to get their kids into a good school. They're pretending to be of a certain faith to get their children preferential treatment on school places. I've got friends that have done it. They've gone and had their kids baptised and they, they pop to church, you know, maybe once a month. And, oh, yeah, no, we're, yes, we're, we're Catholics. Oh, no, yeah, we're, we're, we're C of E. Oh, yeah. The school? Oh, that would be great. Thank you very much. However, 
strangely, the Catholic Church and the Church of England say they don't mind. As long as people come through the door on a Sunday morning, they could not care less. Our reporter Sophie Solaria has been in Hertfordshire getting some opinions on the matter. I am a mum. I've got two. What focused your decision when you were getting them into school? Um, it was the local state school, which was just a natural kind of thing to do, really. Would you ever have considered as a parent joining a religion so that you could send your child to a faith school? No, I'm not a religious person. No, it is hypocritical to do that, I think. I think if people start off on that, they're just trying to go to school to get their kids into it, la 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 la, it doesn't really set off a good thing for me. I just, It's just a lie, isn't it? The school doesn't resonate with the child or the parent, so it's fake, basically, isn't it? Are you a parent? I am. You just called the idea fake, but you must have heard of this happening. Yeah, it does happen. It happens a lot. It's just not morally right, is it? I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, I don't see any problem in it whatsoever. What about the fact that Therefore, they would get a place potentially over someone that genuinely is supportive of that religion. So you could have an atheist sitting at the back of a church, solely there to get his child into a school, over maybe somebody that lives a little bit further out that's a genuine Christian. But there's two, two ways to look at it, is that um, when they go to this faith school, they could then find some faith. And so the family could be converted, so you could look at it on both sides. To be honest with you, there's so many people out there scheming to get the best for their children. I don't see it as any different as moving house to a new area to, to get your kids in about to school. Well, joining me now is Father Michael Lambert, the parish priest at Church of Our Lady Immaculate and St Andrew in Hitchin. Well, that's a mouthful, Father. Absolutely. And <laughs> mum of two from Olney, it's Alice Harrell. Good morning, Alice. Morning. Father Michael, we'll start with you. What do you think of parents who pretend to join a faith just to get their kids into a better school? I don't... uh, I always accept people what they say and sort of explore with them what they're actually saying. I think that's the key way forward. I mean, my situation isn't quite the same as a lot of other ministers or priests, I think, because we've got our own parish school and most of those who apply, I know them already. Mm. So it's a different issue. But obviously there are those who start in the school um, coming from different backgrounds. And um, it's, it's good to explore the reasons. What's, what are they doing? Why are they doing I've it? got friends, Father, who have done this, mm. who are not religious at all, but they had their kid baptised, um, uh, and they kind of go to church once a month or once every kind of five or six weeks because yeah. they want that child to go to the um, Catholic school. How do you feel about that? Well, the the process by which we look at the issue is um, they have to apply to the school, and they have then have a priest reference form, which they complete a self assessment form, which they complete. But if they if that kid's baptised and they go to church, they stand a better chance, don't they, of getting into that school? Well, they have to be baptised, yes, of course, yes. But what if they're not, what if they're baptised for the wrong reasons, just to get into the school? <laughs> Uh, I hesitate to um, criticise people's reasons or whatever, because I think the, um, as uh, one of your correspondents was saying just a moment ago, uh, grace can work through these apparent problems and issues, and faith can grow through the child back to the parents, uh, through the journey they make in the schools. So it is a two-way process, and... um, 
I think the important thing is to be welcoming and to allow people to at least make an application um, and to walk with them and see what we can do to help them discern the real reasons. Alice, what do you think about this? People, parents basically lying to get their children into into faith-based schools. Ah, I I really don't agree with it. I I don't think it's it's very right. I I think it's wrong. Yes, I mean, if it, if it's a blatant um, uh, manipulation of the whole of the whole process, then um, the uh, the problem arises, of course, um, with the priest reference form, which goes back to the school. Because all I can say is that I know the person or whatever, mm. and the child is baptized. F- Father, let me interrupt, Alice. How far would you go, though, to get? We, we all want the best education for our kids, don't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, I do agree, and I have moved to a better area so that mine will go to a good school, but from my opinion, education is such an all-round experience. I think that educating your children in a religion that you don't believe in is doing wrong by them, it's giving them kind of uh, not the best education that you mm-hmm. can, because you don't want your children coming home and, you know, telling you things that you don't believe in. I think it's kind of like telling them the wrong math problems. It's it's not right, in my opinion. But they do have, faith schools do generally have much better uh, educational records, don't they, and standards. So that's why a lot of people are doing it. Would you not want to do that for your kids, Alice? And then the kind of, the, the religious stuff, if you don't believe in it, you can kind of knock that to one side because they're getting excellent maths and science and, and English education. Um, definitely. I think there is merits of course to it but i myself went to a faith school when i was very young and my parents um because it was the best school in the area and then my parents brought me out of it because they didn't believe that i was like i said it's an all-round thing and and they thought that there were things that i was coming home and saying that they didn't believe in, and they thought that was wrong so i went to a different school in the end father um, if, father if parents are, are, are doing this simply to get their kids a better education they've mm-hmm. got no faith and that they is that not hypocritical? Because surely religion is all about honesty and, and, and openness, and, and there being neither of these things. Well, indeed, yes. I mean, uh, I can but sort of present to them that situation if I'm aware of it. Um, fortunately, um, I, it has not occurred too often because, as I say, I know quite a few of those who are applying anyway. Uh, either to the primary school or to the secondary school in which I have particular concerns. So um, I would certainly um, sort of hardly support the, an application if I thought it was totally uh, anti-faith. But, um, I haven't personally uh, come across that uh, uh, time. How would you know, uh, Father? Well, that's of course that is the point. Yeah, uh, I think it is only by lived experience at times that you have to be able to do respond. I'll tell you and something. <clears throat> I I uh, I got married in a church. I'm mm. not religious, and um, I, I feel that we just did it because it was a nice building and we like the tradition of it and stuff. Yeah. And, and we kind of may have gently pulled the wool over the the, the vicar's eyes to to mm. be allowed to be married there. Is that not the same yeah. thing? Well, yes. I mean, it's you who are sort of manipulating the system, isn't it? Yes. In that case. Yeah. And therefore, 
uh, the vicar, I presume, was trying to have the pastorate open to you, and therefore you have misused his uh, goodwill. Ouch. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> no, Father, listen, I, I appreciate your honesty. It was, it was a lady as well. Can you believe that these days? Uh, thank you very much. We've got to end it there. That was uh, Father Michael Lambert, the parish priest at Church of Our Lady Immaculate and St Andrew in Hitchin, uh, and Mum of Two from Olney, Alice Harold. Well, what do you think? Have you done it? Let's Let's be honest about this now. Have you lied about your faith to get your kid into a better school? 08459 455 555. My example is kind of a weak one. We did, yeah, we wanted to get married in a church and we went to church a few times <clears throat> and uh, we paid our fee. And we um, kind of, when the, the vicar said, Well, why is it important for you to get married in church? We went, Well, it's just, you know, it's a great building, wonderful tradition. Oh, yeah, and it's really important to do it in the eyes of God. Uh, I don't want to go too much down that tangent, but it, it, it's the same thing, isn't it? A little white lie. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Would you lie to get your kid into a better school? Six thirty. Here's the travel news now. Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts, and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Beginning to look a little bit busy now at the moment on the A405 North Orbital Road. Fairly heavy there, just approaching the M25 at Junction 21A roundabout. Everything else still not looking too bad at all. Motorways are moving nicely, looking good on the M25, particularly heading down the western stretch. M1 also moving nicely, and no problems either around the M11, where it joins the M25 at the moment. was looking a little bit busy there this sort of time last week, but does seem to be coping fairly well. Trains also looking good on the departure boards at the moment. Sophie Tyler, BB. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sophie, thanks very much. A little bit later than normal, but I thought it was worth continuing that debate. It's 6.31. Let's get the news and sport now with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A Bedfordshire man who spent the last 18 years in prison will now get his case heard at the Court of Appeal after years of protesting his innocence. Kevin Lane from Potton was convicted of the murder of Robert McGill, who was shot while walking his dog in Chorleywood back in 1994. Elsewhere, market traders in Milton Keynes say there's no danger of Seclogate Bridge collapsing on them. They're angry because it was suggested that parts of the structure may crumble if the traders' fixtures and fittings were drilled into the underside of the flyover. Elsewhere, the government's chief medical officer says the danger posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked alongside terrorism. Professor Dame Sally Davies describes it as a time-ticking bong. She warns that routine operations may become deadly in just 20 years if we lose the ability to fight infection. And as we've been hearing, a Hertfordshire priest says he doesn't mind if parents turn to religion just to get their children preferential treatment on school places. Father Michael Lambert, a parish priest in Hitchin, says if people find faith in any circumstance then it's a wonderful thing that's the latest news now let's turn to all the morning sport Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. So despite a Watford home defeat, the boss still remains upbeat. The Hornets lost 2-1 against Blackpool in the Championship. Gianfranco Zola says his side's on the right track, though, to remain in the playoffs. Oh, we go again. We are on the right way. I said uh, it can happen that you lose a game, but uh, if you play like that, I said to the players, you're not going to lose many. 
Next and in League One, MK Dons are now 12th after a goalless draw against Sheffield United. Boss Carl Robinson still has high hopes of finishing high in the table. We've picked up four points over the course of the season against eight points in, in, in them four games, which is, as you well know, is promotion form. We should have done better with other games. In all of these games, at Doncaster and, and the Sheffield, home and away, we've almost had some of our stronger players out on the pitch. And it makes a big difference to us, as you've seen again here today. Let's stay with League One then and Stevenage are 15th after a 2-0 defeat against Preston. Borough boss Gary Smith says he's still focused on more positive results. There's two things obviously. The first one is to make sure that our security in the league is there. And secondly, to see some some direction to the team and some positiveness that, that we've spoken about before towards next year. Elsewhere, Luton drew one all against Hereford at Kenilworth Road, which still means they're out of the playoff places. Hatter's boss John Sill remains optimistic. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. So you need to just keep going, just keep laying little bricks on the way and uh, keep trying to build it. But uh, yeah, three games, not been beat yet, it's good, isn't it? Moving on to the FA Cup and Chelsea and Manchester United face a replay to decide who'll meet Manchester City in the semis after a 2 all draw at Old Trafford yesterday. Elsewhere in the Premier League, Liverpool are up to sixth following a 3-2 winner over Tottenham. Captain Steven Gerrard scored their winner from the penalty spot on just 82 minutes. Rugby and Saracens were knocked out of yesterday's LV Cup semi-finals after losing 21 points to 15 against Sale Sharks. Four Ben Spencer penalties gave Saris a 12-6 advantage midway through the the first half. That was before Tom Holmes, though, unconverted touchdown reduced the deficit to just one point at the break. So Sale now go through to face Harlequins in the LV Final Cup. BBC Three Counties Radio, there'll be more news and sport at seven. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Coming up, we're becoming more resistant to antibiotics. The government's chief medical officer says there's a risk we could return to an era where patients could die of routine infections. And bagpipes, love them or hate them. I I just want an excuse to play Mull of Kintyre. And boy, oh boy, we're getting very, very close to that. But before that, we'll find out today whether the people of the Falklands want the islands to stay as a British overseas territory. That's despite Argentina claiming sovereignty there. The islands in the South Atlantic have a population of around 3,000, along with a British military garrison. Whatever the outcome of the vote, the Argentinian government says it's meaningless. Well, our reporter Gavin Lee is 8,000 miles away in the capital. Stanley, morning, Gavin. Gavin. Hello, morning. In a slight delay, I am 8,000 miles away, so do forgive me. That's quite right. Now, the message from where you are seems to be that an overwhelming number of people will vote to keep the status quo. Yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, to get a proper definitive um, sense of this, though, because we had one person that got in touch with the BBC overnight. They didn't want to be identified, they didn't want to be interviewed, but they said there's a very small no camp of people who do want independence, or even, to go, go as far as to say, they want a dual nationality, because they said the problem would never go away with the Argentinians, and maybe this was the best way to solve it. However, they didn't want to be interviewed, because if they did, there's such a theme of enthusiasm for the yes vote that they'd feel like they were traitors to the island. And I've got to say, I've been here for a few days. I watched so many people, particularly yesterday, dress up to go to voting in Union Jack themed T-shirts, full suits. There were flags draped around them, the four by fours. Even dogs were being forced to dress up as you know people went out to vote in the referendum. And they lined up the main population that live in Stanley in the capital, queued outside the town hall. And as I went through the queue, people were shouting at me, were voting yes and telling me why. Um, and I followed as well because the people who live out in the more remote areas and there were mobile ballot boxes going out. So I followed. 
one of the fleet of the four four by fours going to um, some of the small craggy areas. And I've got to say, if, if you, you haven't been here, mm. uh, and to give you a sense of how hard it is to travel, many of the roads aren't paved, and you're just going over rocks and uh, moorland, and it's pretty tricky. Uh, but this is what most people told me uh, when I went through these uh, more remote areas of, uh, of the Falklands. I voted for what I think is best for the future of the Falkland Islands. Simple as that. I voted yes. I'm happy as the way I am. Simple as that. What is wrong with independence uh, as you see it? Too small. We'd we'll be attacked by Argentina and taken over. Simple as that. I voted yes. <laughs> I voted yes. Why? I think it's very important because, you know, I've got strong feelings since the war and if it wasn't British, I wouldn't be here. And for all the lives that was lost in the war as well, that means a lot. There are lots of international observers there monitoring events and with only 1,700 voters, Gavin, you'd presume it would run quite smoothly and be over quite quickly. Is that, is that the case? Well, you know, it's, it's not often you have you know, 1,700 people that takes two days to do all the voting, but it is because it's so hard to get to places. The weather's been so bad here in the last few days. You know, the Antarctic chill with sort of bitter cold uh, winds. The rain's been pretty terrible uh, up until sort of yesterday afternoon. I'm sat talking to you in my snowsuit onesie here. It, it is pretty bleak at times. Um, so it could, there could be a delay. That's the one thing. We're expecting the results tonight about 10 o'clock. If they're, the plane going to the smaller islands gets stuck, it could be sort of sometime during your breakfast programme tomorrow. Thank you very much, Gavin. Not a bagpipe in sight. I don't think there is a Beach Boys record with a bagpipe on. Well, pipes are in the papers this morning because they can be bad for your health. Bagpipe players have been warned of potential dangers after a player became ill from inhaling fungal spores from his instrument. And kids, if you're looking to set up a band, that's a great name for one there. The Fungal Spores. And I was sad to read that because I love, I love bagpipes. I've got Scottish heritage, yes, I know. My grandfather was Scottish. He was from Aberdeen. I couldn't understand a word he said. I couldn't. 
And also he'd get a little bit drunk as well. So he'd be drunk with a really strong Scottish accent. I couldn't understand him, but I loved him. And I think the bagpipes are a wonderful instrument. My producer, on the other hand, Kelly Betts, you, you think they sound terrible, don't you, Kelly Betts? You think that they sound absolutely awful. Uh, right. that, that's that Starman by David Bowie on the bagpipes. That's a little bit racist. Sounds the same. Okay. Like okay, she, she's not a fan. Well, what do you think? 08459 455 555. Our bag correspondent, Justin Dealey, is out uh, and about. Justin, you've been... Uh, the, we sk- Ian, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> is that your CD you're playing in the uh, car? Yes, it is. Do you know, I'm getting myself in the mood for a Monday morning. I was feeling a bit depressed. It's absolutely freezing cold. Get the bagpipes out. Everyone's happy, Listen, Listen to that one. Isn't oh. that noise uplifting? Oh, it's just magical. It's absolutely ta- magical. Takes me back to the highlands and the lowlands and the lochs and oh. the glens and all of those. The good old days. The good old days. But uh, do people love them or do people hate them? Quite what that sound was there from Kelly Betts, I don't know. I've been out in Luton this morning. Minus two here. And I've been asking people that very question. Well, here's somebody who's got a big opinion on bagpipes. Do you love them or do you hate them? I think they're a very interesting musical instrument, and in the right setting, I think they're quite acceptable. But in the wrong setting, they drive you up the ball, then? Drive you mad, yep. Okay, sir, the sound of bagpipes. Do you love it or do you hate it? I love it. Tell us why. Because it's unique. Yeah? Yeah, and uh, it's tradition. Yeah, that's why. I just love the sounds of it. Well, Lee, uh, you are a fan of the bagpipe. Can you tell us why? National identity for Scotland. Yeah, good. But you're not Scottish, though. No. <laughs> but you still like them. Yes. Now you're wearing shorts. More importantly, why on earth are you wearing shorts? It's freezing today. Uh, good fitness. Run to station. Yeah. Save some money the other end. Running you, to work. You're not cold. No, not at all. Bless you. Well, have a good going. day. Have a good day. And uh, if you do get cold, we'll put some trousers on. Thank all you right? very much. See you later. Now, Steve, let's be brutally honest about this. You absolutely hate bagpipes. Can you tell us why they upset you so much? It's not they upset. They don't upset me. I just don't like the sound of them. And the sound, please. I don't like the sound of them, and so that's it. If you go stop. to a wedding, then, and yeah. somebody is playing the bagpipes, does that instantly put you in a in a bad mood for the day? Does it spoil the occasion? No. No, I mean, what they want is up to them. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like anything else. You don't have to listen to it, do you? You it's just, just walk bro- away for five minutes. Get it, you walk away or block, block them out. It's as simple as that. Well, madam, when it comes to bagpipes, personally, do you love them or do you hate them? I like them, but only if they're played very well. <laughs> if they play badly, you don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> that gentleman was wrong, Justin. If you don't like them, you do have to listen. You cannot <laughs> drown out the sound of a bagpiper. I, I love this comment there. Well, it's up to them what they want at the end of the day. <laughs> if it was their wedding, but I'll just try and block it out. But, uh, but there you go, in the, the majority of people, like us, they do love them. They yeah. are traditional. When you go to a wedding, it's nice to hear them, oh, isn't it? Great. I love them. I, I went and saw Glenn Campbell in concert. I've seen him a few times. And he, he sang um, Amazing Grace. Okay, mm. so so he's singing Amazing Grace, and then he walks off. You think, oh, where's he going? That's weird. He comes back on playing the bagpipes, Justin, <laughs> oh, and on. it was amazing. Value for money. There this, you go. Glenn Campbell with the bagpipes. We de- I'm debating whether to play perhaps the most famous bagpipe pop song, Mull of Kintyre by Paul McCartney. Uh, yes. It's, yes. I, yeah, I know, I know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> St- Stuart Smith has tweeted, if I was to compile a list of my top ten least favourite songs, <laughs> Mull of Kintyre would definitely make it. Well, it's always Awful. been voted. It's always been voted, isn't it? Number one, I think, worst song. And um, the other one they did was, what was it? Um, sea Moon. Uh, so Mull of oh. Kintyre and Seamoon often in the top five worst songs of all time. So if you want to play it, just bear in mind that uh, you will lose your listeners. But, uh, but if you enjoy it, well, you enjoy it. It was such a huge hit, though, Justin. Yeah. Stuart has, has tweeted... Uh, uh, he's tweeted the lyrics. I won't sing it. You absolutely must play it. Really? Yeah. Oh, morning, Stuart. 
We've got a few more. <laughs> Thank you very much, Justin. Oh, Justin, where are you off to now? I'm off to Milson Keynes, talking about this bridge uh, with the market traders there. We're covering that in our news. I'm going to meet the man who's going to be explaining to me why this bridge might be potentially dangerous. He's going to be live on the radio just after 7.30. So Excellent this morning, stuff. back in Milson Keynes. Justin, thank you very much. OK, listen, can we get some pipers, a piper, live on the show this morning. That's the mission. We're in Luton. If you can come into the studio, if you turn up at the front door with some bagpipes under your arms, you're in. You're in. And we'll even make you a cup of tea. How's about them apples? Or if you just want to do it down the phone, 08459 455 555. We're saluting the magic of bagpipes today. Here's the travel news now with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking busy on the motorway at the moment. Anti-clockwise on the M25, fairly slow with delays between a junction 26 at Waltham Abbey, 25 at the A10 for Enfield, usual delays in the area, however, and also between 21 at St Albans and 19 at Watford, and again heavy between 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. Now the Barnet Bypass heading south is also slow this morning between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Everything else, though, not looking too bad at all. Trains still moving nicely also on the departure boards. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Morning at 6.46. It's Monday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire man is now going to the Court of Appeal after protesting his innocence for 18 years. Market traders in Milton Keynes are angry about the suggestion that the Seclo Gate Bridge may crumble if their fixtures and fittings are drilled into it. In sport, the Watford boss says his, his side's on the right track for the playoffs despite losing 2-1 at the weekend. And coming up, we're becoming more resistant to antibiotics. The government's chief medical officer says there's a risk we could return to an era where patients could die of routine infections. We'll find out more before seven, but let's get the latest weather now. Here's Georgina Burnett. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, we've got a very cold day indeed ahead so there's a rather bitter northeasterly wind really taking the edge off those daytime highs which are struggling to make it to freezing. Um, there are yellow warnings all about to the east of us but actually we're just about getting away with it so if you are travelling east you may encounter some snow today. Um, for us though it's likely to be uh, some light scattered snow showers, um, possible accumulations but probably not really settling until tonight. Tonight we have large amounts of cloud with some mainly light snow showers and uh, very strong winds today and tonight and temperatures dipping down to minus three degrees celsius tomorrow it's a much more decent day though that wind starts to decrease and a very cold day still but generally dry with some with some sunny spells although there may be some isolated snow showers as well and highs of three degrees celsius wednesday is looking cold with a brisk northeasterly wind and some snow showers thursday we have further snow showers uh, but also sunny spells at times but today is going to be very cold in Indeed, so make sure you've got your thermals on. Thank you very much, Georgina. It is flipping cold this morning. Tackling your consumer problems. On BBC Three Counties Radio. My son took it to, back to the, the garage. The mechanic says, yeah, I know what it is. So they took it in, done what they had to do, and the car was still the same, still doing the same thing. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. The long and short of it is, he agreed that he would replace the car. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. I'd like to thank you and your team for everything you've done. We wouldn't have got where we got without you. It's a pleasure. I'm going to call that a result. Any other problems, you know where I am, Stuart. 
The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. Mm. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a good listen, but I, I felt a little bit sad then. No one thanks me and my team. Me and my team don't get thanked, and we like do stuff. I can't think of anything, nothing springs to mind, but we do stuff. We might be getting you bagpipes live on the show before nine o'clock. Yet no one's phoned up to thank me. Now, the government's chief medical officer is warning the danger posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked alongside terrorism. Professor Dame Sally Davis says there's a risk we could return to an era where patients could die of routine infections without effective drugs to treat them. If we don't take action, we may all be back in an almost 19th century environment where infections kill us as a result of um, routine operations. We won't be able to do a lot of our cancer treatments or organ transplants. Well, reporter Simon Thompson has the latest. Morning, Simon. Yeah, morning. This warning has been around for a while. It's quite a familiar phrase, isn't it? It is, but the Chief Medical Officer might thank you for raising this as an issue on your programme. Professor Dame Sally Davis isn't the first Chief Medical Officer to warn of the dangers of using too many antibiotics. In fact, uh, back in 1999, this was first raised as an issue by Sir Kenneth Calman, who said that the public had a responsibility not to demand antibiotics. And a few years ago, in 2008, um, Liam Donaldson, the, the Chief Medical Officer then for the government, urged doctors not to use antibiotics to treat colds and coughs, as these are caused by viruses and don't respond respond to antibiotics. Uh, Dame Sally actually made her thoughts clear a couple of months ago, but now she's gone further, as you heard her saying there, that the danger posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked along with terrorism on a list of threats to the nation. She's calling this a ticking time bomb. It's worrying stuff. So why is there a problem? Well, here's the science bit, if you like. First of all, there's something called antimicrobial resistance. Now, it happens when organisms are able to survive and resist medicines which have been made to destroy them. So bacteria can become resistant to antibiotics, viruses can become resistant to antivirals, and parasites can become resistant to drugs like antimalarials, for example. Now, the chief medical officer is highlighting what she calls a market failure by the drug companies. They've not made any new antibiotics, actually, since 1987. Why? Well, they no longer see this market as profitable because in these days drugs are used by patients on a daily basis but antibiotics are only used by say for, for, for us uh, when we get them uh, uh, prescribed by the GP for say one or two weeks at a time and then then need to be thrown away because they have a short um, shelf life so Existing bugs are then obviously developing resistance to current dr- drugs on the market, and that's already causing problems. For example, Dr. Ibrahim Hassan is a consultant microbiologist in Manchester, and he says they're already seeing in some hospitals patients coming through the doors with an infection that no antibiotic can be used to treat them. And all he says you can hope for is a bit of holy water because you don't actually have much in terms of options for treatment. Wow, it's w- w- when doctors start asking for holy water, you know you're in <laughs> trouble. What, what needs to happen then, Simon? Well, there is hope, and, and there's a plan of action. First of all, the Chief Medical Officer says, says, says drug companies need to be encouraged by governments to develop new drugs. She's highlighting what's called the Innovative Medicines Initiative. Didn't know about that. Well, it's an EU-funded, European Union-funded body, which its aim is to promote the development of new medicines. So she says that's one example of how drug companies can be encouraged to come up with new drugs. But she says this is a global issue for governments, the medical profession, individuals, and the pharmaceutical drug companies. Uh, She says she wants to see better education about the issue for medical students. So when they go into the the profession as doctors and are fully qualified and prescribing... uh, 
uh, drugs they prescribe fewer antibiotics only when the patient actually needs them as well as that there's going to be a five-year government strategy published shortly that'll call for responsible use of all antibiotics throughout our society and as i mentioned earlier anti-microbial resistance will be put on the government's national risk register of civil emergencies to rank alongside things like terrorism attacks pandemic flu and major flooding so really quite a, a serious issue but the chief medical officer also says that this should be discussed at the G8 summit, which happens in London next month. Simon Thompson, thank you very much. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The story in a lot of the papers is in the Telegraph that I'm looking at it now. John Schoen, 77, an expert in classical bagpiping, became ill after inhaling fungal spores from his instrument. The fungal spores, I think I've got their second album somewhere. But it, it brought up the debate, to pipe or not to pipe. I love the sound of the bagpipes. Alan's from Milton Keynes and Kenny's in Corby. Morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Hello. Kenny, how are you? Alan, let's start with you. The pipes, yes or no, sir? Brilliant, mate. Go have them. They're a cracking instrument, aren't they? Yep. Especially when you get a military band playing them. Whoa, with, that, with those drums going away oh, yeah. and the pipes and the sound of the... What, so, try and describe, Alan, to, to those people who don't like them, including my producer, Kelly Betts, what is so special about them? I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's just a wonderful sound. When they're played properly, a wonderful... It's like any instrument. Kelly, what do, do, you, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Oh, look, you've given yourself away with your accent there, fella. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, they must remind you of home and mama. Oh, I mean, it's absolutely... They just put the hairs in the back of your makeup. Ooh. Oh, yes. They, they, it's magic. You, a lone piper in the mist at dawn, wonderful. It's absolutely brilliant. You want to be standing in the, the main street in Edinburgh when they've got the lone piper standing on the Edinburgh castle and uh, he's playing... Bit, Absolutely brilliant. Been there, <laughs> done that. It's wonderful. Kelly Betts, is, is any of this swaying you now to, to like the bagpipes? <coughs> unbelievable, no. unbelievable. Well, gentlemen, listen. Thank you for calling. I'm, I, we're going to play a little bit of uh, a little bit. We're going to play the whole thing. Mull of Kintyre. I want to, uh, Alan and Kenny. Thank you very much for calling in. I want to get some local pipers in. We're in Luton. If you can turn up before nine o'clock at our front door with a set of bagpipes, you can come in and play. If you can't do that, 08459 455 555. Here we go. This surely is a wonderful song, isn't it? Ball of Kintyre, strolling in from the sea. My desire is always to be all of travel and much have I seen dark distant mountains with valleys of green past painted deserts the sun sets on fire as he carries me home to the mall of See, my desire is all 
Better than I remember. Why does this not get played more often? I'm tempted to make this the theme tune to the show. <laughs> Fantastic. Paul McCartney, Wings, Mull of Kintyre. Listen to those pipes. Can we find... This is the mission. Dear Beds, Hearts and Bucks. There, there are so many talented and musical and wonderful people in the three counties. I want to get some local pipers on the show before nine o'clock. Can we find them? 08459 455 555. If you can turn up at our studios in Luton, knock on the door and have some pipes under your arms, you can come in and play. Failing that, a phone call will do. 08459 455 555. It breaks my heart, but I've got to end this music. I'm so sorry. Travel news now. It's Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise on the M25. One lane is closed with queuing traffic following an accident between Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at the M11. Also still sloped in 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at Enfield. And again between 21A at St Albans and 19 at Watford. Now southbound on the M1 also slow between Junction 10 at the uh, at Junction 10 at the M1 for Luton Airport there and 9 at Redbourne as well. Usual delays elsewhere. Barnet Bypass heading south still slow between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Everything else not looking too bad, though. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Would you lie about your religious faith to get your kids into a better school? We'll talk more about that and other things after the latest news and sport with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning, it's 7 o'clock. The headlines. Bedfordshire man pleads innocent. MK market traders insist local bridge is safe. And parents pretending to be religious to get kids into school. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire man who's been in prison for over 18 years now will get his case heard at the Court of Appeal after years of protesting his innocence. Kevin Lane from Potton was convicted of the murder of Robert McGill, who was shot while walking his dog in Chorleywood back in 1994. He'd previously asked for his case to be reviewed after a police officer on the case was jailed for plotting to steal £160,000 from Hertfordshire Police. Well, his mum says he was so delighted after hearing the news. You know, I just got a phone call from Kevin and said, Mum, I've got, I just had confirmation that they've granted me the, an appeal and I've got to be there in person. And so it was just overwhelming, really. So excited and you can tell in his voice how, because, I mean, he's been trying for this now for 18 years. Let's turn to Milton Keynes and market traders there say there's no danger of Seclogate Bridge collapsing on them. The stallholders are angry after it was suggested parts of it could crumble if their fixtures and fittings were drilled into it. Former employee of the MK Development Corporation, Bernard Nichols, says a lack of space between the top of the stalls and the bridge may be dangerous, but trader Christine Smith isn't convinced. It's just so stupid. What do they hope to achieve with this, especially as it's made front page news and people are going to be asking questions? What does it tell you? It tells you that just somebody around somewhere is trying to nitpick, just again, another way of trying to get rid of the market from the centre here that we fought so hard to keep. A Hertfordshire priest says he doesn't mind if parents turn to religion just to get their children preferential treatment on school places. Father Michael Lambert from St Andrews in Hitchin says if people find faith in any circumstance, then it's a wonderful thing. But if they're lying to the church in order to get their child a better education, then they're misusing the faith. However, Alice doesn't agree. I myself went to a faith school when I was very young and my parents, um, because it was the best school in the area, And then my parents brought me out of it because they didn't believe that I was and they thought that there were things that I was coming home and saying that they didn't believe in and they thought that was wrong. So I went to a different school in the end. The Chief Medical Officer for England has said the danger posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked alongside terrorism among the threats to the nation. Professor Dame Sally Davies has described it as a ticking time bomb. She says the pharmaceutical industry needs to be given incentives in order to develop more antibiotics because diseases are constantly emerging or becoming drug resistant. And in sport, the Watford boss says his side's on the right track for the playoffs. That's despite losing 2-1 at the weekend. And it wasn't such great news for the other local sides, MK Dons and Stevenage, who both lost as well. Turning to the weather then, and it is quite unsettled out. We are going to see some more snow showers on the way. Temperatures reaching 1 degree Celsius. That's 34 in Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Now, Serena... Yes. You've, despite what everyone else uh, told me about you in the office, you have always struck me as a very well-rounded, educated, artistic young lady. That's lovely. You just described me. Nice. Yeah, no, Can't this you? is this is you totally. I'm loving and, it. Come and on. I would imagine that you love the sound of the bagpipes. Would that be correct? I do like a bit of bagpipage. Because there's some some people working on this show who think it sounds awful and annoying and ridiculous. Do you like it? I love it. Yeah. Could culture, you, culture, isn't it? Could you say it without sounding sarcastic? <laughs> I love bagpipage. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Serena. She loves bagpipage. There we go.
Morning, dear listener. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I I guess it's kind of apt we're talking about the bagpipes this morning because it is flipping freezing out there. It's so cold. Oh, a little bit of snow yesterday where I was, ever so slightly. Just a little bit, but enough to make me think, it's March now. It's not even early March. It's kind of like nearly the middle of March. It's, we're in spring, aren't we? And it, you know me. I love, I love snow, but I feel I've done enough of it. Anyway, lots coming up on the show this morning. Including, we're going to hear the story of Kevin Lane from Bedfordshire. He's been in prison for over 18 years for a crime that he says he didn't commit. Well, he'll now get his case heard at the Court of Appeal. about your religion to get your kids into a better school. A lot of people in the three counties are doing it. Could you phone up and admit to it? I've got friends that have done it. They got their children baptised. They go to church once a month just to get their kids in a better religious school. Would you do it? Do you know someone who's done it? Or do you think it's awful? outrageous hypocritical religion's supposed to be about being honest and open and this is just lying and bagpipes they're in the news because they can be bad for your health i know people are getting ill playing those things but it's prompted the debate the bagpipe do you love it or do you hate it i want to find some pipers before the end of this show before nine o'clock i want some bagpipes live on this show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots of ways to get in touch. You can go to the Facebook page. You've been very good on there recently, arguing away. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man in prison for over 18 years will get his case heard at the Court of Appeal after years of protesting his innocence. Kevin Lane from Potton in Bedfordshire was convicted of the murder of Robert McGill, who was shot while walking his dog in Chorleywood in 1994. Well, Barbara Tucker is Kevin's mother and described the moment she found out that he'd won the right to appeal. Well, it came as a shock, actually. You know, I just got a phone call from Kevin, what was it, Friday morning, I think. And said, Mum, I've got. I just had confirmation that they've granted me the, an appeal, yeah. full uh, grounds for a full appeal. Morning, is that Joe? And I got to be there in person, and so it was just overwhelming, really. So excited, and you can tell in his voice how, you know, excited he was as well. Because I mean, he's been trying for this now for 18 years. Apologies, there. You would have heard our work experience, Ollie, trying to get Joe. That was my fault. Wrong fader. Uh, Kevin had previously asked for his case to be reviewed after a police officer on the case, Detective Inspector Christopher Spackman, was jailed for plotting to steal £160,000 from Hertfordshire Police. His mother has always believed her son's innocence, but knows the fight to prove it still isn't over. It's been a long, a long road. But, um, you know, lucky enough, he, he's one that won't give in, so he will persevere until he gets there. And at last, we're almost there, you know. You can see the sort of, like, the, the finishing line, but we're not over it yet. But there's, there's lots of hope there, so hopefully we'll be there soon. And, uh, well, some have been sitting in prison for 18 years when they shouldn't be there. 
I'm very proud of him, actually, for coping with it the way he has. She says he hasn't been alone in his struggle. He's had lots of support from his friends and family and lots of people outside the family as well that have supported him. And without them, I don't think he'd have, he'd have coped. So he's done very, very well, actually. You imagine sitting in a cell for 18 years. If you're guilty, fair enough. If you're not, you shouldn't even be there. And to cope with it for 18 years is horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, all we want now is home, so we can spend many more Mother's Days and Christmases and everything else with him. But we want him home a free man. We'll wait for now for news from the court, I believe, or his solicitors, to say that we've got a date to go back to, to the High Court. And uh, take, well, whatever happens then, I don't know. Whether the judge or jury or whatever happens, decide. Oh, it's just great news and we just want him home. We want to... He will prove his innocence. He is an innocent man. And he he should be home with his family. And that's where we want him. Oh, we can hear more from Kevin's mother, Barbara, after eight o'clock this morning. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, um, do you know what? This morning, Joe, I'm fine. It's cold. It's been a long, tiring weekend. Also, my wife was working yesterday, and she didn't get home until about half past one in the morning. Um, my eldest, my three-year-old boy, was he, he was in bed with me. He woke up, and he got into bed with me, and it was lovely, lots of cuddles. So she picked him up, knowing I had to get up at four. She picked him up out of my bed... And he went mental. Like, I want to stay with Dada. I want to stay with Dada. And she took him to to her room and put him in bed with her. And for the next 20 minutes, I want Dada. So I, of course, had to get up and then say, look, you can come and sleep with me. So I've pretty much been awake, Joe, since about half past one this morning. More coffee, more coffee, more More coffee, more sugar. More (laughs) coffee, more... I might start drinking those horrible caffeine drinks again. Oh, no, they're so bad for you. Don't bother. But do you know what? You're not on your own, Ian, because last night, my little girl was just, Daddy, I want Daddy, and I had to go into her room and keep her calm while the missus was in our bed, keeping the other one sorted out. So I I, I feel your pain. It's kind of flattering, but do you know what? Let me sleep. Let me sleep, please, son. Oh, and we're on the subject, I've got to say, thank you to you and your team for bringing a little bit of joy into our life every morning. So I'm, you I'm, keeping, I'm, you. I'm thanking you now on behalf of all the listeners and Beds, Hearts and Bucks because since you've been on the air, you've got so many more listeners. You really well, bring a little bit of joy on the people's side. Don't we have a good debate? Well, yes, you do. You're quirky and cheeky and a little bit naughty sometimes. But you know what? You bring a little bit of joy into people's lives. You've got work experience, Ollie, who works hard in the background. Well, you've got producer Kelly Betts, who knows nothing about bagpipes and yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you've got you. So, yeah, fantastic. Joe, the reason I'm keeping quiet is two two reasons. One, because <laughs> you're going to be the new trail for this show. Two, because we've got no material. But, but, you're very kind to say so. Are you a fan of the bagpipes, Joe? I am. Um... There's just something, there's something, something magical about them, isn't there? They're, Magic they're, um, is the word. Providing they're done right, I've always said, you know, I know it's a bit morbid for, you know, you know, ten past uh, seven in the morning, but I've said, when I die, I yeah. actually want bag, a, a lone 
Piper playing at my funeral because it's just such a nice soothing yeah. sound if it's done right. I want it. You want it done at dawn in the mist. You want oh, it to appear over the horizon with, with a wee dram, sort of you mm. know, keeping your insides nice and warm. Beautiful. It's funny because it, well, it's not funny. It was, it was my dad's funeral a few weeks ago, and we chose um, I, th- we chose Neil Diamond. Hello again, right? Because Neil Diamond was his favourite. Of course, yeah. I can you know I can never ever listen to that song ever again in my life. I'm never going to be able to play that song without bursting into tears. But it's got me thinking about my funeral song. But what, what music I'm going to pa- play? And I found a cracking mama cat. When, listen, when I have a funeral, I want everyone to be in tears, all right? I don't want any of this <laughs> all standing around laughing. Oh, he was a great... I want everyone in tears. I want proper, dramatic people sobbing, <laughs> throwing themselves into the grave. All of this, OK? And I found a wonderful mama cat song, which is... Which I might bring it in and play it in the week. Because it's yeah. so... It's so slow. It's so miserable. It's so haunting. Do you know what better music you're going to have at yours? If you, if you can't sure get yet. the piper, what are you going to have? Oh, I've, 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 I wouldn't mind the, um, one of those sort of gospel choirs. I know it's, a, you know, some people say oh, it might be a bit tacky, but something no. like that, it's just got such a nice warming sound. And you want people to, fit, to feel sort of, you know, comforted at your funeral. But at the same no. time, I want those people crying. Yeah. I want them to miss me, you know? I don't want, I don't want any comfort. <laughs> I, want, I want them to be in tears. I, want them to, <laughs> I don't want a dry house. And at my dad's funeral, was, there were so many people turned up. It was amazing. Because he was a bit of a dodgepot, but he was, a, he was a good bloke all in all. But everybody was in tears, and that's exactly what I want, Joe. I want everybody sobbing uh, in the aisles. Something that not even an antibiotic can cure, you see? Yeah, there we go. Joe, listen, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for supporting us. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to uh, give us a call, it's true. I don't, I don't want a dry house in my funeral. I want everybody sobbing. Everybody, that's what it's. A, you get these funerals. Everyone has a laugh and a, a joke. And I, hey, listen, I cracked a few jokes at my dad's funeral. Yeah, I'm, I got, I cracked a few jokes. Some new material. Some of it worked. <laughs> got to try these things out. You never know who's in the audience, do you? You never know. Could, could be my big comeback. No, uh, I cracked a few jokes and got a few laughs. But um, uh, I, 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 I don't want, I don't want uh, a dry house, a dry eye in my house. I want everybody. <laughs> to be in tears for goodness sakes 08459 455 555 we're talking about the bagpipes we're also talking about there is an increase in beds hearts and bucks in the number of people that are sending well they're going to church and pretending to be religious to get their kids into faith schools faith schools are supposedly better they've got higher reports they do better in in all their Ofsted reports what do you think Do, do you agree with that or do you think that's a bit naughty my friends did it my friends uh, got their kid baptised. They go to church once a month or thereabouts just so that they can sign up for the local... Um, I, I think it's a Catholic school. Have you done it? Be honest. 08459 455 555. Have you done it? Or do you think it's outrageous? 08459 455 555. 7.15. Let's get the travel news now. Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Anti-clockwise on the M25, two lanes are closed and there's queuing traffic following an accident. A lorry and a van involved and a car as well between 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at the M11. Now we're also still looking at delays in the usual travel areas between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Also between 21A at St Albans and 19 at Watford. And again between 17 at Maple Cross and 16 at the M40. Southbound on the M1, also slow between Junction 10 at Luton Airport and 9 at Redbourne. And the Barnet Bypass heading south still slow as well between Sterling Corner and Mill Hill Circus everything else not looking too bad at all Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio thank you very much Sophie morning it's 7.16 it's Monday the 11th of March I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio after being in prison for 18 years for a murder he says he didn't commit a Bedfordshire man's now going to the Court of Appeal A Hertfordshire priest says he doesn't mind if parents turn to religion just to get their children preferential treatment on school places. And in sport, the Watford boss says his side's on the right track for the playoffs despite losing 2-1 at the weekend. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, cold. It's just cold. I mean, it's icy. Horrible. It's going to remain unsettled with occasional snow showers this morning. Some bright and sunny spells, but it'll still feel very chilly. Maximum temperature is one degree. Coming up, would you lie about your religion to get your children into a better school? A lot of people in the three counties are doing it. Do you agree with it or do you think it's outrageous? 08459 455555. We'll discuss it more before 7.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. This Friday, join us for a jam-packed night of comic relief featuring Peter Kay, Miranda, Call the Midwife and Rowan Atkinson. It's going to be, wait for this, cake. Is that right? Or is it mint? Plus, MasterChef, Ricky Gervais, Russell Howard and a special performance from One Direction. It's going to be amazing. Comic relief, funny for money. We're all giving as much as we possibly can. Are we? Jim! This Friday from 7 on BBC One and BBC One HD. How far would you go to get your child into the best school? More parents are turning to religion in the three counties. No, they're not praying to get their kids into a good school. They're pretending to be of a certain faith to get their children preferential treatment on school places. However, the Catholic Church and Church of England say they don't mind as long as people come through the door on a Sunday morning. Our reporter, Sophie Soleri, has been in Hertfordshire getting some opinions on the matter. I, I don't approve of that at all. Why is that? Because I think religion is a very personal thing and if you're going to follow a faith, you've got to totally believe in that faith and you've got to have um, an understanding of the faith and it's using a faith to get... Yes, it's using a faith to get something that you think is going to improve your children. And have you got children yourself? I have had children myself, yes. I've had two sons. If you were in a position where your child was in a place where perhaps the state school was failing and the local faith school was doing better, would that maybe send you to church or synagogue? I'd have to have some inner feeling that I wanted to think about faith, but I couldn't do it just to get my children into a different school. My reaction would be to try and do something about the school. I just don't feel that it would be right for me to, to do that, really. I wouldn't want him to go to the faith school, though. That would be the thing, because I'm completely and utterly atheist, and I know at faith schools they do teach the faith, so I wouldn't want him to, to actually be involved in that, really. You know, they learn 
learn at home as well you know you can teach them at home so as well as the school and I think you should be doing that anyway regardless of what school they go to. With us now is the director of the Church of England Schools, John Reynolds, a mummy blogger from Well and Garden City, Emma. Uh, is it Perro, Emma? Hello, hi. Hello, how are you? You're right. I'm fine, thank you. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm cold, but I'm okay. <laughs> we'll come to you in a second, Emma. Okay. John, let me start with you. What's the Church of England's stance on admittance into C of E schools in the three counties? First of all, could I take issue with your introduction? We, we don't approve of people lying on their applications. That's clearly, clearly wrong. Um, most of our schools are open access. They're open to all the community. Uh, there are a few who select on faith, and we expect people to be honest when they do that. But for most of them, it's going to church. We don't sort of get them to put their hand on the Bible or the Book of Common Prayer and swear on it. So we are happy with the system. We think in the most cases it works properly. There are a few people who do tell porkies, but that's true of any system, isn't it? Well, John, we, didn't, we didn't say lying uh, in the introduction. We said they're, they're pretending to be of a certain faith. So, I mean, and that probably means going to church once a month, getting yeah. their children baptised. Yeah. Is, is, is that bad or is that good? Well, I think people, you know, we have to take people as they come. If they say that, you know, they got their child baptised for honest reasons, then, you know, we accept it as that. But we don't normally go with baptism. That's uh, more a Catholic model. We go with church attendance. And, you know, people who go to church Sunday by Sunday don't, you know, they don't say, well, I believe absolutely everything the vicar says. You know, I believe that, but I don't believe that. Who are we to sit in judgment upon what a person thinks as they sit in the pews? But if they are going simply to get their kids into yeah. a school... Yeah. What's, what's the, the, the church's view on that? that? That's clearly something that, that is concerning, but most of our schools don't actually say you must go to church in order to do that. They say, if you are in the parish, then you can have a place. What we do find is that many Church of England schools, the vicar goes there, takes assemblies, and invites the, par- uh, the children and their parents along to services at the weekend, say once a month they have a special children's services like we do over at My Way near Tring. And um, it's you know, quite voluntarily done, and it's a good link between the school and, and the church, but it's forcing no one to lie about their faith or to uh, lie on a form when they apply for a place. Emma, would you opt to send your kids to faith school? Well, I haven't actually because we've been very lucky to have a, a very good secular school around the corner, but um, I think if that wasn't the case, then yes, I would, because the faith schools do generally have a much better reputation, much better offsteads, and I think as a parent, and I know definitely within the parenting community, um, you do what's right for your child, and you put your own feelings aside, um, you know, even if you're not particularly religious, to get them the best education that you can, and I think a lot of parents feel like that. Emma, are you religious? Do you have a faith um i'm not particularly religious no um i would say i sort of i do believe there's something out there i don't have an actual faith but um you know i know a lot of people who are quite die-hard atheists but who still have gone to church to get their children into uh, a faith school and some have even gone as far as having their child baptized within that faith to make sure that they can get in John, how does that make you feel when you hear that? Because I've got examples as well where people have, have uh, you know, who are atheists but pr- pr- pretend to get their kids a better education. Clearly that's not a good thing, but that's down to the integrity of the individual and uh, it's rather difficult if you're a priest seeing someone in front of you to say, well, does this person believe or not believe? You know, only God knows the answer to that one. And so we have to uh, establish a test which is consistent, fair and credible uh, and on the whole, it's a system which, which works well. I mean, of course, one solution 
is to have more church schools because they are popular. There are plenty of good community schools. I've talked in some. Um, more church schools would mean that people weren't lying about uh, their faith. Now, if an atheist goes and gets a child baptised, well, that's a question for them, really. Why are faith schools doing so well, John, in terms of, of standards? Because they, they do generally have higher standards. They do generally have higher standards, yes. I think part of it is, is the Christian ethos, or indeed the Jewish or Muslim ethos. Part of it is a feeling of community. We are here, these are accepted moral values, and one of those is valuing every child as an individual. So every child is is treasured as a creation of God, and you want to do your best, and also a sense of the community pulling pulling together and, and feeling that education is a good thing. This is what something that Christians and Muslims and Jews all believe. Um, so I think that contributes to the high standards in church and, and other faith schools. Emma, you're, you're a blogger, and uh, you've been asking parents yes. what they think about this. Well, what have they been saying? I mean, I think most people do feel very strongly that they will do what they have to do to get their child into a good school. I think the trouble is there is a lack of good schools in Hertfordshire. Um, some are fantastic, but you have to live about 100 metres away from the school to actually stand a chance of getting in. Um, so to me, the solution is to actually look at our schools and try and improve the schools that are failing, try and make people uh, want to get into the schools that are secular schools so that they don't feel they have to compromise their integrity to try and get their child into a, a decent church school. Can I, can I just say something about Hertfordshire schools? Actually, they're amongst the best in the country. I think I had the chief education officer for Hertfordshire, Justin, say that uh, they did uh, came 12th in the league tables. There are plenty of good schools in Hertfordshire, but we have got a growing population and we do need to, some more schools, and so new, more church schools are part of that would be a good thing. Emma, if you um, you say you're not really of, of, of kind of any faith, if yeah. you did send your kid to uh, um, uh, a faith school because it was the only decent one nearby yeah. that you could get them into, and then they come home and they start talking about Jesus and yeah. about God, and it, it, it kind of grates with what you believe, mm-hmm. how would you feel about that? Because they would be being brought up with potentially uh, a, a different outlook on the world to yours. I think ultimately with religion it's a child's own choice. Um, I don't personally believe that a school would have so much influence that it would affect a child's belief pattern. Um, I mean I went to a school where we had prayers every day, we sang hymns and it didn't, you know, it didn't particularly affect me. I think ultimately a child will get their belief from their parents um, and they can make their own choice up. I think, you know, it is a Christian country and I'm happy for them to learn about the Christian religion Um, and I also, as far as I'm aware, I believe that church schools do teach about other religions. They do um, indeed. And give them, you know, give the child a choice. I I wouldn't have a problem with that because I think if they're getting a fantastic education, um, it's worth it. John, how does it work with, with in terms of um, the, the number of children you take? If you supposing there's only one place left in mm-hmm. your school, it's a slightly fantasy situation. Does that go to uh, um, a C of E child or uh, the, someone who's not secular? It, it, it depends on the particular church school. So a voluntary controlled school or an academy, which was a voluntary controlled school. Uh, it would normally go on a distance. If there's a shortage of places, then it would be distance from the school. If it's a um, a Church of England school, if there's one extra place, it all depends on the category of child. If the child is one living in the village, then it'll be on distance rule. But if there are untaken places amongst the church category, so for example, some of our schools have um, have got faith places and some, and, and you know, 25% faith places and 75 place community places, it'll depend on the balance of children that have been received that year. So it's a quite complicated situation.
John Reynolds, church, uh, director of the Church of England Schools. Thank you. Uh, Emma, do you want to give a quick plug for your blog? Oh, yes, of course. Um, it's uh, called HertfordshireMummy.com, um, and I write about days out in Hertfordshire and uh, being a parent in Hearts. Uh, Emma, thank you very much indeed. Well, 08459 455 555. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's right? I, I know people that have done this, that have pretended to be uh, a C of E or Catholic, got their kids baptised, go to church, to, um, to get their kids into a, into a, a better school. 08459 455 555. Uh, we've got some tweets here. Uh, Derek Eastman says, I believe it's impossible to just follow a religion without commitment. Um, Danielle says, personally, no, I wouldn't do it, but I know people that would. I have a conscience, and if God is a real dude on a cloud, he would know I was fibbing. Well, I, I don't know if God is a dude on a cloud, but... Um, and Karen es- in Essex says, no, it's wrong. I got rejected from the C of E senior school because my parents didn't go to church, even though I did. How bad is that? I've got um, uh, uh, the son, a seven-year-old son of a friend who they lied um, about their religious belief to get him into, uh, I think it's a Catholic school. And he's constantly talking about Jesus and God. There's another verse. There's, there's a, do you know there's another verse to Happy Birthday that's about Jesus? I can't think what it is. I think it's kind of made up a little bit. Uh, but it's, it's all about Happy Birthday to you from Jesus or something. I can't quite remember the words. And he always sings it at birthday parties. And we all freeze slightly awkwardly as he does and let him finish and... Then we cut the cake. Uh, 08459 455 555. I would love to talk to you this morning if you've not necessarily lied, maybe, maybe bent the truth slightly, exaggerated your religious convictions just to get your kids into a better school. We all want the best for our kids, don't we? 08459 455 555. Here's the travel news now with Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise on the M25, we have two lanes closed in queuing traffic, all following an accident involving a lorry, a van and a car. Between Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at the M11. Also have one lane closed with queuing traffic, again following another accident around Junction 21A at St Albans with congestion back to 22 at the Bell Roundabout at the moment. Southbound on the M1, still slow as well between Junction 10 at Luton Airport and 9 at Redbourne. Barnet Bypass also still queuing heading south in Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. A few other usual delays as well. Southbound on the A1, fairly slow around the Black Cat Roundabout at the moment and through Chesant, the A10 is also slow around Winston Churchill Way. Everything else, not looking too bad at all. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. You can go to the Facebook page as well and have your say on uh, not only uh, bagpipes but also religious schools. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Maybe we'll look at your posts a little bit later on. Before that, at 7.30, here's the news and sport with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Now, after being in prison for 18 years for a murder he says he didn't commit, a Bedfordshire man's now going to the Court of Appeal. Elsewhere, market traders in Milton Keynes are angry about the suggestion that the Seclogate Bridge may crumble if their fixtures and fittings are drilled into it. A former employee of the MK Development Corporation says a lack of space between the top of the stalls and the bridge may also be dangerous. A Hertfordshire priest says he doesn't mind if parents turn to religion just to get their children preferential treatment on school. 
school places. Father Michael Lambert from St Andrews in Hitchin says if people find faith in any circumstance, it's a wonderful thing. And a senior Conservative will call on the government to freeze public spending for five years. In a speech this morning, Liam Fox will say the savings should be used to cut both the deficit and taxes. He also wants an end to the ring-fencing of budgets for the NHS and schools. That's the latest news. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. So despite a Watford home defeat then, the boss still remains upbeat. The Hornets lost 2-1 against Blackpool in the Championship. Gianfranco Zola says his side's still on the right track to remain in the playoffs. Oh, we go again. We are on the right way. I said uh, it can happen that you lose a game, but uh, if you play like that, I said to the two players, you're not going to lose many. Meanwhile in League One, MK Dons are now 12th after a goalless draw against Sheffield United. Stevenish lost 2-0 to Preston and Luton drew one all against Hereford at Kenilworth Road. Moving on to the FA Cup and Chelsea and Manchester United face a replay to decide who'll meet Manchester City in the semi-finals. That's after a 2 all draw at Old Trafford yesterday. And in the Premier League, Liverpool are now up to 6th following a 3-2 win over Tottenham. Finally in rugby, Saracens were knocked out of yesterday's LV Cup semi-final Finals. That's after losing 21 points to 15 against Sale Sharks. BBC Three Counties Radio, there'll be more news and sport at 8. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Here every weekday morning between 6 and, uh, and 9. Coming up later on in the show, we're going to hear from the mum of a man who's been in prison for over 18 years for a crime he says he didn't commit. Kevin Lane from Bedfordshire will now get his case heard at the Court of Appeal. There's a row brewing, dear listener, over a bridge. A former employee of the MK Development Corporation says Seclo Gate Bridge in Milton Keynes is dangerous and could crumble. And on Friday, I was joined by a 14-year-old magician. Jay Borthwick was hoping to be crowned the Young Magician of the Year. He was good. Was he good enough? Find out in the next half an hour. 08459 455555. And we are celebrating the magic of the bagpipe today. Can we find, before 9 o'clock, I want at least one... Hey, a whole group of them will be awesome, but at least one piper before 9. We're in Luton. If you can turn up at our front door with a bagpipe in tow... You can come in the studio and play us a tune. If it's too far away for you, or it's too cold, and let's be honest, it's flipping freezing this morning, you can give us a phone call, 08459 455 555. There's a, the debate rou- uh, brewing about whether uh, bagpipes are uh, the, the devil's work or not. I think they're fantastic. Wonderful. 08459 455 555. Should we have a quick look at the front pages of the newspapers? Yes, let's do that, shall we? The Daily Telegraph. Councillors for hire to give planning advice. Councillors across the, uh, the country are offering themselves for hire to property developers who are hoping to take advantage of relaxed planning laws, which come into effect within weeks. And then there's an unrelated story. There's a, a picture of Vicky Price, who's on the front pages of all the newspapers. She's been to a shop to buy some bin bags. I know, I know. Imagine that. Having your, your life under scrutiny to such detail. We know she looked at hair dye and she um, went and bought some bin bags. And Cameron told he must rid party of posh, white, male image. David Cameron is running out of time to rid the Conservatives of their posh, male and white image, a Conservative MP has warned. 
Uh, let's, we, we've lost the Guardian somewhere. If anyone has access to that, then give us a call and let us know what the uh, the front page of the Guardian is. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What does it say on the front page of the Guardian? The Independent. Super Nanny is back, and now she's targeting fathers. Monday interview, page twenty four, page twenty five. Or well, maybe we'll have a little look at that a little bit later on. Um, resistance to antibiotics risks health catastrophe. Chief Medical Officer warns of threat that ranks with terrorism and climate change. Wow. Um, and there's a picture of a man whose dog won at the Crufts. I don't, I don't get the point of Crufts. It's these poncy little dogs mincing around with bows and with their hair all done. It looks ridiculous, doesn't it? It looks awful. Uh, the Times, Cameron faces new split over austerity. Liam Fox calls for cuts to NHS, schools and aid. And Jamie feels the heat over salt in his meatballs. And there's uh, Vicky Price with her bin bags. We will uh, do the mail and the express a little bit later on. But the topic, the main topic of d- today has been bagpipes. I love them. Most of my team hate them. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been out and about finding out what you think. Justin, is there much love for the bin bag out oh, there? Oh, come on, Ian. People the love bin the bag? Bagpipe. I'm talking the bagpipe. Sorry, I've, I've got Vicky Price on the, on the mind. Yes, I'm sure people like the bin bag, but uh, yeah, they, they, they also love the bagpipe as <laughs> Thank well. Thank you. They really do. Uh, yes, I've been out in Luton this morning, absolutely freezing cold. been finding out whether people love them or whether they hate them, and this is what people had to say. Well, here's somebody who's got a big opinion on bagpipes. Do you love them or do you hate them? I think they're a very interesting musical instrument, and in the right setting, I think they're quite acceptable. But in the wrong setting, they drive you up the wall, then? Drive you mad, yep. Okay, sir, the sound of bagpipes. Do you love it or do you hate it? I love it. Tell us why. Because it's unique. Yeah? Yeah, and uh, it's tradition. Yeah, that's why. I just love the sounds of it. Well, Lee, uh, you are a fan of the bagpipe. Can you tell us why? National identity for Scotland. Yeah. Good. But you're not Scottish, though. No. <laughs> but you still like them. Yes. Now, you're wearing shorts. More importantly, why on earth are you wearing shorts? It's freezing today. Uh, good fitness. Run to the station. Yeah. Save some money the other end. Running you, to work. You're not cold? No, not at all. Bless you. Well, have a good going. day. Have a good day. And uh, if you do get cold, we'll put some trousers on. Thank all you right? very much. See you later. Now, Steve, let's be brutally honest about this. You absolutely hate bagpipes. Can you tell us why they upset you so much? It's not they upset me. They don't upset me. I just don't like the sound of them. And the sound, please. I don't like the sound of them, and so that's it. If you go stop. to a wedding, then, and yeah. somebody is playing the bagpipes, does that instantly put you in a in a bad mood for the day? Does it spoil the occasion? No, no. I mean, what they want is up to them. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like anything else. You don't have to listen to it, do you? You it's just, just walk br- away for five minutes. Get it? You walk away or block or block them out. It's as simple as that. Well, madam, when it comes to bagpipes, personally, do you love them or do you hate them? I like them, but only if they're played very well. <laughs> if they play badly, you don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's a powerful... Mag- listen to that. Turn that oh, up, Justin. Let's get a, come, on. come on, let's listen to this. Wonderful. Oh, 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 there you go. I don't suppose you found any pipers out and about, have you? No, no. I'm looking for one in Milson Keynes. His name is Stephen Guthrie. Oh. Uh, Stephen, if you are listening to this programme right now, we know you live in Milson Keynes. We are looking for you, OK? <laughs> we want you to play live on the radio because the headline this morning, Ian, is quite concerning. Yes. Uh, why bagpipes may be dangerous for your health. So we may, with headlines like that, of course, and with now warnings about bagpipes, yes. see the end of them. That is something that I don't want. And I have to stress... It, 
that they're not dangerous to your health because people hate them and they will grab them and shove them up your backside. Yes. There is actually a serious fungal problem with bagpipes at the moment. So we are hearing, but so hopefully uh, this story will, will come and go very, very quickly and we will continue to hear the lovely bagpipes at weddings uh, and all sorts of occasions up and down the land. And JD, just to, how cold is it this morning? It's absolutely freezing. We spoke to that man earlier in shorts and he said, well, you know, it saves me money. I can run to the station and then what? run to work. It was minus three when I got into the car this morning. Flip it was colder yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we can only hope that, that now being March, of course, it does start to warm up because this morning it is absolutely bitter. I've got a very tight shirt on this mm. morning. Um, I've got my scarf with me, but uh, if you are going out today, for goodness sake, wrap up warm. It is bitter. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Well, uh, another man who loves the bagpipes is Donald Reed, who is pipe major of Bedford Pipe Band. Good morning, Donald. Good morning to you. It's an unusual instrument to play. It is kind of a minority thing. What got you into the bagpipes? It's a bit of a family tradition with me. My father was a piper and his father before him, so it's all been passed down through the family. And what what makes it it's so special? Um, I think it's, it's a very unique sound. Um, it's you know it's a very um, unusual instrument to a certain extent, and uh, there's nothing else quite like it. Is it easy to play? Because it looks easy. You're it's, squeezing a bag and, and <laughs> pressing a few keys. Uh, it's not really. Oh. It's a technique. Um, you learn on an instrument called the practice chanter before you transfer to the pipes. But it, you've actually got four separate reeds to keep going, so there's quite a physical effort involved. I'd say nothing of coordination of blowing and, and keeping the pressure up. Yes, it's, uh, yes. Uh, it does provoke strong reactions either way, though, doesn't it? It does, yes. I mean, generally speaking, federal ones, I hope. <laughs> but we've, we've, I, listen, I love it. I, I've got Scottish heritage. I think it, it is a majestic, wonderful sound. But we've had some people this morning who absolutely loathe it. There are one or two misguided individuals, I say, would say, yes, even a few Scots don't like it as well. <laughs> I've come across one or two of those. The Bedford Pipe Band, tell me about that, Donald. Well, the current Bedford Pipe Band was, I formed in 1993, and we have about, at the moment, 20 playing members. Um, interestingly enough, actually, there was another Bedford Pipe Band formed just after the Second World War, and we do have our current president, a chap called Andy Butchart, who was a found a member of the first band, so we've got quite a connection going back to the sort of 1940s. And is it, I've, I have got an impression that it's, it's kind of just old men that play bagpipes. Have you got any young, any fresh blood coming into the world um, of pipes? We have one or two, we'd like a few more. <laughs> um, also, we have some ladies as well, it's not just a male preserve. If, if, listen, if, if people are interested, they want to get in touch, have you got a website or something they can um, come and have a look at? Absolutely, yes. If you look at um, bed, Google Bed for Pipe Band, and it'll be directed through to our website. I don't suppose you've got the pipes there, have you, Donald? I haven't, I'm afraid. It's a little bit early in the morning for my neighbours. They definitely wouldn't be appreciative of that time, I'm afraid. Donald, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Donald Reed, pipe major of the Bedford Pipe Band. Well, the challenge is out there. Can we get some pipes live on the air before 9 o'clock? 08459 455 555. If you turn up at my door, the door of the studio, not, my, not the door of my house, that would be, um, that would be annoying. Um, if you turn up at the front door of uh, the BBC Three Counties Radio, you can come in and play us. Right, we've got three more newspapers we haven't done. The Daily Mail. Um, 24 hours before Judgment Day and strange shows, shows for Hune, his ex-wife and his lover. Uh, they're all in a little bit of trouble, aren't they? Let's go to page seven and see what uh, is being said about that. Look, they're, um, 
just the scrutiny that these people are under right now. Hune and Price could get six months. By 4pm today, their very public humiliation will be complete. Chris Hune and Vicky Price have been warned by their legal teams they both face six months in prison when they're sentenced at Southwark Crown Court for their plot to swap driving penalty points. Uh, official guidelines suggest they could receive up to 14 months for perverting the course of justice, which carries a maximum penalty of life. Uh, and also the front page, welfare minister rages at bishops. There's nothing moral about trapping people on benefits, says IDS. Ian Duncan Smith was embroiled in a battle with the new Archbishop of Canterbury last night. The Work and Pensions Secretary told church leaders there was nothing moral about their opposition to flagship welfare reforms. He reacted with fury after the most reverend Justin Welby led an uprising against the government's plan to limit benefit increases to 1% a year for the next three years. The Express guarantees for every pension ministers vow to protect your retirement pot millions of workers can look forward to a guaranteed pension under radical government plans to persuade people to save for their old age private private retirement savings will be ring fenced using a new insurance scheme the daily express can reveal and there's a picture of the snow the snow's coming back was it snowing at the weekend where you were a little bit on Sunday. Freezing cold, bitterly cold. I've lost my scarves. I had two scarves and they've all gone. Bitterly cold. I've got the kids today. And it, it, normally we go out for the, a little run around in the park. It's too cold for that. Isn't it? I, I think... Don't tell my wife. I think we're going to spend the day in watching Postman Pat. I think that's the plan. Day in front of the TV. The sun... Pixie hot. I think she's a pop star, and according to the sun, she's looking hot. By looking hot, they mean she's not wearing many clothes. I would say she looks a little bit um, pale and haggard. Uh, and uh, the Gaza is out of um, rehab, and he's thanking Alex Ferguson for uh, for saving his life. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queuing at the moment, anti-clockwise on the M25. A couple of accidents to keep you updated with. First of all, you've got two lanes closed with queuing traffic following an accident involving a lorry, a van and a car around Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at the M11. It's going to take you around an hour to get through that stretch and also still queuing following the other accident at Junction 21 at uh, St Albans. Congestion back to the Bell Roundabout at 22. All lanes have been reopened but it is still looking very slow and also half an hour's worth of delays between 17 at Maple Cross and uh, 15 at the M4 southbound on the M1 slow again around 11 at Dunstable and also heading south on the A10 queuing around at Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road everything else not looking too bad trains are moving nicely Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio thank you Sophie and thank you to at Paul Scoynes our political reporter who has tweeted me the front page of the Guardian we will be looking at that a little bit later in the meantime, it's 7.45. It's Monday, the 11th of March. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. After being in prison for 18 years for a murder, he says he didn't commit. A Bedfordshire man is now going to the Court of Appeal. 
A Hertfordshire priest says he doesn't mind if parents turn to religion just to get their children into the best schools. In sport, Chelsea and Man U face a replay to decide who'll meet, who'll meet Man City. I'm abbreviating the teams because I know what I'm talking about. In the FA Cup semi-finals. And on Friday, I was uh, joined by 14-year-old local magician Jay Borthwick. He was going to be competing in the Young Magician of the Year competition. He was excellent. If you want to see the tricks he did, go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. Was he good enough to be crowned Young Magician of the Year? We'll find out before 8 o'clock. But before that, is the weather with Georgina Burnett. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Yes, we have a very, very cold day ahead of us today. There will be some sunny intervals, but scattered snow showers could be occasionally heavy. Uh, probably not settling, though, until we get to tonight. So we've got a very cold northeasterly wind really taking the edge off those temperatures, which are really struggling to make it to freezing today. And there's a yellow warning in place if you are travelling eastwards at all to uh, counties to the east of us. Now, tonight we have large amounts of cloud, scattered mainly light snow showers, although it could set if you get underneath one of the bands of snow. Uh, there'll also be a widespread frost and those strong winds stay with us as well. Temperatures dipping down to minus three degrees. Tomorrow is a much more decent day, so the wind should decrease gradually. It's still a very cold day, though, but generally dry with sunny spells, although there may be some isolated snow showers and highs of three degrees Celsius, so much warmer tomorrow. Well, warm, <laughs> if, if three degrees is warm anyway compared to today. Wednesday is going to be a cold day with a brisk northeasterly wind and and some snow showers. Thursday will have snow showers but very light and sunny spells at times. So today though we're really looking at a very cold and windy day. Thank you very much. On Tuesday night, Three County Sport concentrates on League One and conference football. MK Dons entertain Shrewsbury. Surely not Gleason shot! Oh my goodness me! Stevenage host Bournemouth. Now Stevenage with a chance to get the ball in. And Luton are at home to hide. Comes to Rendell, who scores and the flag stays down. All three games available for you to choose your commentary. Plus regular updates on Wickham's match against Rotherham in League Two. Three Counties Sport, Tuesday night from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. You can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. I'm keen to get your views on lying. Well, I guess it is. Pretending to be of a certain faith to get your kids into a better school. Religious schools do better in Ofsted reports and they've got, for some reason, they seem to do better. Uh, so, have you pretended to be a Catholic or a C of E or maybe even a Muslim? I don't know. To get your child into a faith school. I've got friends that have done it. You've got friends that have done it, haven't you? Or maybe you've done it yourself. 08459 455 555. Or if you think it's just outrageous, it's ridiculous, maybe you are religious or maybe you're just a parent and you think, for goodness sakes, no. It's too much of a compromise. You can give me a call or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Now on Friday, if you missed Friday's show, it was cracking. We had the Fonz, we had a folk group and we had a 14-year-old magician. Go to the iPlayer, BBC iPlayer and have a listen again. It was a cracking show. Well, I was joined by a 14-year-old magician. Jay Borthwick is from Watford, and he was hoping to be crowned the Young Magician of the Year at the Magic Circle's Youth Initiative at the weekend. Well, he came in on Friday, performed some tricks, was fantastic. Well, how did he do? Jay joins me now. Morning, Jay. 
Hi, Ian. How is everybody? Well, everybody is drunk. No, hang on. No, everybody is fine, Jay. Everybody is fine. We're cold, though. We're very cold. Now, listen, <laughs> for those who don't know, just remind us uh, about the competition. What exactly was the competition you went for at the weekend? Um, well, basically, it was a competition at the Magic like Community Circle place, and there was... Uh, 19 magicians that went there and it was basically like the heats to knock people out so like six of people went through to the final right okay so and and uh, what what were the ages of these these magicians uh 14 up to 18 hang on a minute 18 that's not youth the 18-year-olds entering the youth? No, I don't think so, Jay. Well, listen, the, the question on everyone's lips is... Well, before you tell us, I genuinely don't know how you did. So before you tell me, uh, what trick did you do? I did a stage magic act, and I did loads of dancing with the magic, and mine went on for about 15 minutes, oh. and afterwards, I was dead. I was out well, completely. I bet you were. 15 minutes seems a long time. Well, do you do the dancing, Jay, just because you don't know many tricks, and it kind of fills a bit of the time? No. No, OK. I've got to say, I was very impressed when you came in. Well, the question is, Jay, how did you do? I did very well. I was very impressed with myself. But, unfortunately, I didn't get through. Oh, no! Jay! Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Did they give you any feedback? No, but the weirdest thing is the yeah. people that do the music and the backstage people did. Yeah. And what did they and say? They said, basically, it was like a big explosion, like you erupted the place. You erupted the place. Wowzers, that's good. Were you pleased with your performance? Yes. Yeah. And the people that beat you, Jay, do you think, do you think they deserve to go through? Yes, I think because they've been doing it a lot longer and they're a bit more experienced than me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they're older. This is, well, exactly, 18-year-olds. No, come on now, for goodness sakes. Well, this hasn't, you're not going to stop magic because of this, are you, Jay? No. Good. Good, because I thought you were brilliant when you came in on, on Friday. We were all, we were all it, it, very, very impressed. Jay, is your mum there? Yeah. Let me speak to Ira. OK. Hello? Oh, mum. I know. Oh, I'm he, sorry. No, he did his absolute best, and he's actually said it was a good experience. Um, he wants to go for it again. Um, he's already planning what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, and it was tough. It was really tough competition. And there's some good magicians up and coming. Yeah. Listen, that that excites me so much. I flipping love magic. And when, when Jay came <laughs> in, I was I just, I love it. I become a 12-year-old kid going, but but how how did he do that? That's incredible. Would, would, it's good that he's seeing this as a learning experience. Was he nervous? Um, it was very nervous because yeah, Jay didn't go on till nearly last. Yeah, and yeah. it was a long time to wait, and we didn't get home till late at night. So, and who, um, who were the judges? Uh, they had. There was meant to be five, but I think one didn't. One did not turn up. Oh. So they had lots of people who uh, were from the magic community um, who were judging. So there was four judges. Right. Okay. And he um, didn't quite make it. What do you think, Mum? Did the others that went through did they deserve to go through? Uh, they were good. They were very good. I think Jay's ahead of his time. Yeah. Jay's magic, yeah. very, very different to everybody else's. That was very clear. And sometimes, that's the thing, when you're doing an act that's a little bit different, uh, that it, it, it takes people a while to catch on to it, doesn't it? It does. I'm sure it will grow on them, though. Oh. <laughs> where, is, where is Jay performing? Does he do, like, gigs and stuff? He's been doing lots of charity work recently. Yep. Um, he did London Taxi Drivers at the Grosvenor House. Um, he does lots of local charities. 
um, and the local sports events. He does work for school um, and basically he's just been entering. He's only really been performing just really over the last year, putting himself out there. Uh, because his magic is so very, very different, it is a bit of a shock. Um, it's not like the old magic where you stand there and you saw people in half. Yeah. Um, it is to modern music, and it's very, very modern. Does he, the, 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 Ira, listen, you're his mum, right? And, and sons and mums, they're very special, unique relationship. <laughs> does he tell you how he does it? Uh, well, I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> I don't, this is the thing I hate about magicians and their mums, is the secrecy <laughs> that surrounds them, for goodness sakes. Come on! Uh, mum, listen, get him, get him booked into some comedy clubs, get him doing some open spots, because I think that would do him the world of good, to be yep. performing in a slightly different environment. Yeah. Um, and it, it'll be tough to start with, but once, once he gets into the swing of playing in those kind of places, I think he'll be sorted. He's got a lot of talent, so you, you, you make sure he keeps at it. I will do. Ira, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And thank you, Jay, and, and uh, uh, bad, bad luck. But never mind, keep going. I do love a bit of magic. I get all kind of soppy when it comes to magic. I do turn into a child again. Now, urgent action is needed to tackle a catastrophic... I can't even say it. Catastrophic threat of resistance to antibiotics. That's the warning from England's Chief Medical Officer, Professor Dame Sally Davis. She says there's a risk we could return to an era where where patients could die of routine infections without effective drugs to treat them. Oops, excuse me, let's try that again. If we don't take action, we may all be back in an almost 19th century environment where infections kill us as a result of um, routine operations. We won't be able to do a lot of our cancer treatments or organ transplants. Well, there is some good news, apparently, because cases of the superbug MRSA are said to be down 80% since 2003, though through better hospital hygiene. But here's the bad news. It's been replaced by other drug-resistant bacterial threats like E. coli and Klebsiella. The chief medical officer says the pharmaceutical industry needs more incentives to create new antibiotics. We haven't, as a society, globally incentivised making antibiotics. It's quite simple. If they make something to treat high blood pressure or diabetes and it works, we will use it in our patients every day. Whereas antibiotics are only used for a week or two when they're needed and then they have a limited lifespan because of resistance developing anyway. It's a quarter of a century since the last entirely new class of antibiotic drugs was introduced. But new pathogens are emerging every year, and now our hospitals are seeing more and more cases of patients with bacterial infections resistant to antibiotics. Dr Ibrahim Hassan is a consultant microbiologist at Withenshaw Hospital in Manchester. He says there are fewer treatment options. All you can hope sometimes is actually think of you know, a bit of holy water because you don't have too much really to offer in terms of treatment and we're beginning to see that in some hospitals in the country patients coming in with this infection with no antibiotic that can be used to treat them. Part of the problem is that some doctors are over-prescribing antibiotics for illnesses when they're not needed. Over time, this reduces the drug's effectiveness. The chief medical officer says antimicrobial... Uh, you try saying this at this time of the morning. Antimicrobial resistance is now being put on the government's national risk register of civil emergencies, up there with potential threats like a deadly flu outbreak or, get this, a terrorist attack. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well... I asked for the front page of The Guardian and at Paul Scoynes, the BBC Three Counties political reporter, has tweeted me the um, 
front page of The Guardian. Uh, the story behind one of the most shocking images of Syria's war... Um, uh, Martin Chalov in Aleppo pieces together the truth about the victims, relatives and survivors caught up in the city's worst massacre and there really is a, a horrific picture I won't describe it, it's on the front page of The, uh, the Guardian which uh, highlights just how serious that situation is. They've also got the story that we're talking about, new wave of superbugs pose dire threat says medical chief, warning over rising death toll as antibiotics fail to tackle infections and Lib Dems quit over leadership's betrayal on secret courts the Liberal Democrats' reputation as custodians of British liberty received a mauling yesterday when two of their most prominent campaigners against secret courts resigned from the party and the leadership was told by its conference for the second time in six months to seek urgent changes to the government's justice and secrecy bill. Well, there we go. We're up to date with the front pages. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking much the same at the moment. Anti-clockwise on the M25. Two lanes are closed with queuing traffic following an accident. A van, a lorry and a car involved between 28 at the Brook Street roundabout and 27 at the M11. Going to take you around an hour to get through that stretch. And also again anti-clockwise. Queuing following another accident around Junction 21A at St Albans. Congestion is back to 22 at the Bell Roundabout and London Coney. All lanes have been reopened but it is still going to take you half an hour to get through that stretch. Everything else not looking too bad. A few usual delays on the A1 and the A10 through Chesant, but nothing that's going to hold you up for too long, and trains are looking good. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Coming up between now and nine o'clock, how far would you go to get your kid into the best school? Would you lie about your religious faith? Would you have them baptised? We'll discuss that and more after the news and sport with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, the headlines. Bedfordshire man gets an appeal after 18 years. Hertfordshire parents lie about their religion to get children into school. And the Queen makes a comeback. BBC Three Counties Radio. After being in prison for 18 years for a murder he says he didn't commit, a Bedfordshire man's now going to the Court of Appeal. Kevin Lane from Potton was convicted of the murder of Robert McGill, who was shot while walking his dog in Chorley Wood. He'd previously asked for his case to be reviewed after an officer on the case was jailed for plotting to steal steal £160,000 from Hertfordshire Police. Barbara Tucker is Kevin's mother. She's always believed he's been innocent. He's not guilty of this crime. He's, you know, I said to him, he said, Mum, I didn't do this. And if he told me he didn't do it, he didn't do it because he's never told me any different about anything. And we'll be hearing from Barbara coming up straight after this bulletin. Elsewhere, some parents in Hertfordshire say it's not fair that children who aren't brought up religious are being allowed into faith schools. Father Michael Lambert from St Andrews in Hitchin says it's acceptable if parents pretend to be religious just to get their children into the best schools. He says he doesn't judge people and wouldn't like to think, though, that they were lying. The important thing is to be welcoming and to allow people to at least make an application and to walk with them and see what we can do to help them discern the real reasons. 
Turning to Milton Keynes and market traders there are angry about the suggestion that the Seclo Gate Bridge may crumble if their fixtures and fittings are drilled into it. Former employee of the MK Development Corporation, Bernard Nichols, says a lack of space between the top of the stalls and the bridge may also be dangerous. My main concern is the fact that because they've erected the stalls in such a manner, the bridge decks themselves cannot move in the manner in which they were designed by the design engineers who quite clearly has made the point to me that these openings between the decks must be kept clear at all times by the market staff and they're now actually filling these holes. Now the Chief Medical Officer for England says the danger posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked alongside terrorism on a list of threats to the nation. Professor Dame Sally Davies describes it as a ticking time bomb. She warns that routine operations may become deadly in just 20 years if we lose the ability to fight infection. And the Queen will appear in public today for the first time since leaving hospital after being treated for the symptoms of gastroenteritis. She'll attend a service at Westminster Abbey to mark Commonwealth Day. As head of the Commonwealth, she'll later sign the organisation's first charter, setting out its core beliefs. Turning to the sport and Watford boss says his side's on the right track for the playoffs. That's despite losing 2-1 at the weekend. And weather remaining quite unsettled. Occasional snow showers around as well. Still feeling chilly. Temperature is at 1 degree Celsius. That's 34 in Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Hey, Serena, you are right. Is, is someone touching you? What's going on? You just, you went all, you made a funny noise then. Because it's freezing, isn't it? Oh, I see. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, okay, you've got to get, you've got to get with it. I'm, I'm getting you with it. You can't go, oh, it's going to be chilly. Like as if it's going to be, you know, Bahamas, oh, 20 degrees, oh, can it's you? it's really cold out there. There you go. That's piss. Thank you, Serena. Well, there we go. It is flipping cold out there. Pardon my French. Freezing. I can't find my scarf, and I'm not really wearing a winter coat. I've decided my winter coat, I don't like it. And it's in the boot of my car, and I never want to wear it again. I hate it. But I haven't got anything to replace it with. That's the stupid... And I, I, I don't really want to buy a coat now, or gloves, because it's March. Won't get that much wear out of them. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, and we've got far too much to cram into this next hour of the show. Oh no, it turns out we haven't. Coming up between now and JVS at nine o'clock, we'll hear from the mum of a man who's been in prison for over 18 years for a crime he says he didn't commit. Kevin Lane from Bedfordshire will now get his appeal heard at the Court of Appeal. Would you lie about your religion to get your children into a better school? Well, a lot of people in the three counties are doing it. If you are, I'd love to hear from you. And bagpipes. They're in the papers today. The dangerous for you. Fungal infections. Bit of yoghurt on it. That should do it. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. You can text me. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can go to the Facebook page. Lots of you have done good to go and argue with the other listeners on there. You can, you can see why I enjoy it so much now. Don't be rude, don't be nasty, be feisty, but don't be, don't be rude. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
A Bedfordshire man who has been in prison for over 18 years will get his case heard at the Court of Appeal after years of protesting his innocence. Kevin Lane from Potton in Bedfordshire was convicted of the murder of Robert McGill, who was shot while walking his dog in Chorleywood in 1994. Well, our reporter Sally Chidzoy has been following this case. Morning, Sally. Good morning. Remind us of the events that led up to Kevin Lane's arrest. Well, uh, it's fairly complex, but basically Robert McGill, a car dealer, was walking along a lane, taking his dog out for a walk in the morning when two gunmen uh, approached him and shot him using a shotgun close range and fled. Uh, there, then uh, what happened was uh, there were local uh, criminals um, initially arrested, Roger Vincent and David Smith. Smith was released and uh, Vincent and Lane were charged, and then a judge directed Vincent was acquitted and Lane stood alone. Uh, the jury couldn't decide. Uh, there was a retrial, and then he was convicted. But there was no evidence to directly place him at the scene. No weapon was ever found. And nine years later, Dave King was a victim of a similar shooting in Hertfordshire, outside a gym in Hoddesdon. And what happened then was that Roger Vincent and Dave Smith, uh, the two men originally investigated, uh, were arrested. Uh, they were charged. They were found guilty nine years later at Luton Crown Court. Now, since his conviction, uh, Kevin Lane, as you've sort of said there, was, has constantly, repeatedly protested his innocence. And over the years, um, I, I and a number of journalists, indeed, have been looking at the case. There's nothing forensically that links him, as I say, directly to the scene of the crime. And um, Lane and his, his mother and members of his family have repeatedly campaigned ever since uh, to get this case looked at. It's gone ahead to the CCRC, the Criminal Cases Review Commission, and that's been heard there a number of times and put back time and again. But what's significant now is it's now going to the Court of Appeal. Uh, three judges will sit and hear what um, the counsel for Kevin Lane describe or the, the lawyers for Kevin Lane describe as significant information from the original investigation they want looked at. And some of that involves sensitive information that uh, the uh, courts ordered um, to be released by the CPS. Now, if that's not too complex, I hope you can follow. Well, yeah, you explained it. You explained it very well. Yeah, obviously, it is very complex. Why has it taken so long to to get to this stage? Well, uh, there are a lot of unanswered questions in this case. Uh, the central to it was um, what, using the vernacular, was described as a bent copper, uh, Chris Spackman, who was jailed. He was uh, jailed for plotting to steal 160000 from Hertfordshire police, money that had been seized from criminals. Now, he um, handled the disclosure material in Lane's case, and he had contact with... Um, other suspects and informants at that time. Now, Kevin Lane, his family, his lawyers say there are a whole series of question marks surrounding him, uh, that, and that was one of the key areas that they asked for the case to be reviewed. Um, the, the CPS, in turn, say, uh, say that they looked at Spackman in relation to other cases, and only one they felt had been uh, contaminated. But the whole issue around Spackman is, will never go away as far as Lane and his supporters are concerned. That should, they say, be looked at. There's a whole question around sensitive material. that A lot of it's been redacted, uh, sort of erased before the team have got it. In fact, most, most of the documents they've been sent now for this hearing, um, 76 of the 77 pages, something like that, have got black marks all the way through names, including even the names of the arresting officers in the case, even though that was reported uh, 
widely and openly by the press at the time of the trial. So it's this question of sensitivity, information, police handling informants, i.e. people linked to the criminal underworld. All of that has now been looked at again, and what they're now saying, the family and Lane, is that this is significant. You've got three court um, judges at the appeal court now looking at this. They've been directed. They want more sensitive documents taken back, uh, passed on to the lawyers again with redactions. The lawyers in uh, Lane's case are asking for explanation as to why there are so many redactions because that puts them at a disadvantage even though the judges will, will see it without the redactions. So if what they're saying though is it's significant and it, they hope it will, will pave the way for Kevin Lane to be released at last but obviously there's still a bit of a road ahead. Sally, it is very complicated. You explained it excellently. Thank you. That's our reporter Sally Chidzoy. We can speak now to Barbara Tucker who's Kevin's mother. Morning Barbara. Good morning. How do you feel getting the news about this appeal? Well, over the moon, actually. I mean, it's been a long, a long old deal for Kevin. He's worked very hard to get to get to this stage in his life. 18 years of his life to be taken away is a terrible thing, especially when you're, you're not guilty of what they're saying you've done. You say it's a, a long old time for him, but I'm just thinking of you as a mum as well. 18 years yeah. for you, that must have been so tough. Well, it, it is, but at the end of the day, you just keep thinking, well, I know my son's not guilty of this crime, you know, and that's what I've got to keep telling myself, well, I, I know he's not guilty of this crime, but it's just, I don't know, it's, it's very hard, it's very stressful, and it's not only stressful for us, it's stressful for Kevin, because he's, he's lost 18 years of his life, he's lost his growing up of his children, he's now got two granddaughters, and um, what's going to happen there? They don't know their, their granddad. All because of this, what they've done. They've put him in prison and he shouldn't even be in there. Barbara, have you ever, in your lowest point, doubt, doubted Kevin's innocence? No, never. Not at all? Never, no. No, he's never, ever... Um, he's done a few things and I've always said to him, Kevin, did you do this, did that one thing, another? And he's never lied to me whether it be true or not, you know, whether he'd done it or he didn't. I'd say, yes, Mum, I did do that. No, Mum, I didn't do that. And uh, he's never lied to me. And in this case, you know, I said, Kevin, said, Mum, I didn't do this. He's not capable. He would say he wouldn't have killed somebody like that. And they said to me that your son's killed somebody. And it didn't come as a shock because I thought he used to be a boxer and I thought, oh, my God, he's had a fight. He's hit someone. He's gone, they've gone down and banged their head. You know, and, they, and they've killed... He's dead. But when they said your son has shot somebody, there's no way. If he had to kill somebody, it wouldn't have been with, the, with weapons. It would have been with his fist. You know? It's taken 18 years. 18 uh, to, years to, to get, get to here. And it's been a very stressful time. Very stressful what, what changes have you noticed in Kevin over that time? Uh, that is a hard question, because when I see him, he puts on such a good front, he doesn't like me to get worried, so therefore he looks good, he takes good care of himself, he has to look nice, that's his image. And um, he's a very kind and thoughtful person. He, he's not guilty of this crime. And how did you, as a mum cope with things like 
Kevin's birthday or Christmas or Mother's Day, special days when he, sh- you know, a son should be with a mother. How did you get through those days? Well, it was just a phone call. He always phones me every Sunday. He has done since he's been in there. Every Sunday at 10 o'clock, he phones me. I think there's only been three Sundays in the whole 18 years that he hasn't phoned me. So, like, birthdays and things like that, he just phones me on that day. And we just say a few words, happy birthday and I love you and all things like this. And that's it. And that's how it's been. For how long. did you find out there was going to be an appeal? Did you get a phone call from he a solicitor? Me, he yeah, phoned he you. He phoned me and, and he says, Mum, just a great news. He says, we just had confirmation that um, I'm going to get my appeal. And it's going to, they've, they've got, what is it? He said, uh, they've granted me a full hearing. They thought, yeah, it was it. Judges have, judges have just told, heard me that I've got a full appeal and I've got to be there in person. And how so, did you feel when he told you that? Well, I started shaking. I started crying. I just didn't know. I thought, like, oh, my God, it's been such a long time to get here. He's worked so hard to get to where he is today, to this point. And when I spoke to him uh, yesterday, he just said, at last I can get to court and I can say, you know, I can speak for myself. I can put my bit over now. Let's hope. And I'll be home soon, Mum. Barbara, listen, I really appreciate uh, you coming on and speaking so honestly. That's Barbara Tucker, who is Kevin Lane's mother. The case goes to appeal, and no doubt we'll be following that story very closely and letting you know what happens. Right, 8.14, here's the travel news now with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise on the M25, two lanes are closed and there's queuing traffic following a recovery work after an accident involving a lorry, a van and a car. Now, Steen Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at the M11, but congestion is back to 30 at Lakeside. It's going to take you over an hour to get through that stretch. Southbound on the M1, also looking at delays between 11 at Dunstable and 9 at Redbourne. And southbound on the A1, also slow at the moment, just along the Great North Road at the St Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. And southbound on the A as well, still slow, heading through Chesant around uh, Lieutenant Ellis Way. Now on the trains, First Council Connect have disruption at the moment between Hartford North and Moorgate, following a signal problem between Finsby Park and Moorgate as well, so do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. Morning, it's 8.16. It's Monday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire man is now going to the Court of Appeal after pleading his innocence to a murder for 18 years. The Chief Medical Officer says the danger uh, posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked alongside terrorism. In sport, Liverpool are up to, up to sixth in the Premier League after a 3-2 win over Tottenham. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Remaining unsettled with occasional snow showers this morning. Yippee, I love snow! Jonathan, do you like snow? No. Oh dear, Grumpy Boots is in. Some bright and sunny spells, but it will still feel very chilly. Maximum temperature is one degree. Coming up, would you lie about your religion to get your kids into a better school? A lot of people in the three counties are doing it. We'll hear more before nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. No two days are ever the same on my programme. That's because I get to meet passionate local people. As usual, over a pint in the Queen's Head one night in Amtel, we said, hey, why don't we have a, a pop-up cinema? And we just got together and we convert Parkside Hall into a cinema. Play loads of great music. The Birds, Mr Tambourine Man. Tell me which other show on the radio goes from Leanne Rhymes to Elvis Presley. And sometimes I try to learn new skills. And then you've got the white thread basically connected to these bobbins, which... Don't rub them! Don't mess them up! I may have messed them up. Nick Coffer, Monday to Saturday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is in the house and you look like Rupert the Bear today. Rupert. Uh, Rupert but the bear, everyone knows his name in all of the world. Oh, that's nice. Oh, why can't I... Oh, you're on a different microphone. Look, because someone's been in the studio and messed it up. Who switched us over? Someone has been in the studio and messed it up and not put it back the way it was. Oh, yes, look, someone's been tampering with your wires. <laughs> They've been fiddling with my cables. They have. And don't, we'll have none of that. You're full of the joys of spring, aren't you? I am, because there is a rumour that we might be getting a little bit more snow. Oh, oh come on. You are, I'm afraid, Ian, you are the only person that is still excited about snow incorrect data everyone else has had it with the snow syntax error uh everyone else is dusting off their bikini bad program you're wrong <laughs> the more snow we get the better i love it <laughs> i've got my sledge i'm ready no. to go no are we really going to get any more yes well there was snowing a little bit yesterday just like little bit a tease um, but yes, we're going to get more snow this week. Fantastic. I can't wait. I was wondering, because if it does snow, I get put up in a hotel around here and, it, you know, the licence pays for it and it's probably not the best thing. If it does snow, it's, it's true. They, they should know where their money's going. Uh, if it does snow, can I keep it yours? You want to stay at mine? I'd love to. Would you? I, I was looking at, at your flat on Facebook. It looks like you have so much fun. <coughs> you, yeah. So much fun. So yes. can I come around and hang out with you? I'll yeah. bring the Xbox. I'll bring some karate no, no. DVDs. I don't, um, I don't have any computer games in my flat. Well, I'll bring some. No, well, I'd rather you didn't. We could play Call of Duty, Halo. Yeah. If you came to my flat, I'd expect you to live my life. Well, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't eat meat. I don't. No. I don't eat meat. So I, I would have to bow out of that. I couldn't do that. Oh well, you'd have to eat meat. You'd have to drink gallons of Pinot Grigio. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of life I lead. I, I, we could compromise, right? I could maybe have a nibble on your sausage, <laughs> and you could get your hands on my controller. You realise I've got an image of... Do you remember when Morecambe and Wise would be in bed together? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I've got an image I've got, of. I've got a wee willy winky. You've got a what? A wee willy winky. <laughs> You're definitely not coming round that. That. I love, I love wearing oh, my wee willy yes. winky hat and a night dress. Wee willy winky running through the... Town. Town. Upstairs, Upstairs and downstairs. downstairs. In his dressing gown. Nightgown. Oh. I don't remember the rest. Anyway, listen, we, we could talk all morning. Couldn't and, and I almost wish you would, because we're very content light this morning. <laughs> but <laughs> it's their licence for you. They should know where it's going. <laughs> but you've got something to talk about on your show this morning. What yes, are you well, you've been talking about faith schools, which is yes. very interesting. I didn't go to a faith school. Did you? No. Um, and it's interesting that you've been talking about the fact that all these parents are deciding to lie yes. in order to get the children into a faith school, presumably because there is this idea that faith schools are better. Yeah. 
From nine this morning, I want to know, are faith schools better schools? Local authorities are receiving an increasing number of suspicious application forms from parents keen to get their children into the school of their choice, with many of them being faith schools. But are they really worth it? Are they worth all the hassle? Are faith schools better schools? I want to hear from you if you went to a faith school. Mm. I want to hear from you if you sent your children to a faith school. And I want to hear from you at nine if you have got children at a faith school now. Are they really better schools? Eight four five nine four double five five double five. Perhaps you think religion has no place in school with young impressionable minds. Children should be kept well away from it. Your views on the big phone in. Excellent stuff, Jonathan. I look forward to that. Is it okay if I kip at yours tonight just to get a feel of it? Yes, you can actually. I washed uh, the uh, spare bedroom bedding at the weekend. It's all ironed. So we're not going to top and tail then. It's going to be separate. No, no. Okay, that's um, disappointing. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith on at uh, nine o'clock. If you want to give him a call now, you can do 08459 455 555. Or you could send him a cheeky email. And by cheeky, I don't mean obscene. That, that would be really inappropriate. Although he might enjoy it. Show at bbc.co.uk. Put your phone number, put a couple of little lines about what you want to say, and uh, the team may get back to you. Now, as we were just saying there, more parents are turning to religion in the three counties to get their kids preferential treatment on school places. However, the Catholic Church and the Church of England say, well, they don't mind, so long as people come through the door on a Sunday morning. Well, earlier on, we spoke to Father Michael Lambert, the parish priest at Church of Our Lady Immaculate and St Andrew in Hitchin. Grace can work through these apparent problems and issues, and faith can grow through the child back to the parents, through the journey they make in the schools. The important thing is to be welcoming and to allow people to at least make an application and to walk with them and see what we can do to help them discern the real reason. Or mother of two from only Alice Harold isn't convinced. I myself went to a faith school when I was very young and my parents, um, because it was the best school in the area, and then my parents brought me out of it because they didn't believe that I was, and they thought that there were things that I was coming home and saying that they didn't believe in and they thought that was wrong. So I went to a different school in the end. Well, our reporter Sophie Solaria has been in Hertfordshire getting some opinions on the matter. I am a mum. I've got two. What focused your decision when you were getting them into school? Um, it was the local state school, which was just a natural kind of thing to do, really. Would you ever have considered as a parent joining a religion so that you could send your child to a faith school? No. I'm not a religious person. No, it is hypocritical to do that, I think. I think if people start off on there they're just trying to go to school to get their kids into it la 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 it doesn't really set off a good thing for me i just it's just a lie isn't it the school doesn't resonate with the child or the parent so it's fake basically isn't it are you a parent i am you just called the idea fake but you must have heard of this happening yeah it does happen it happens a lot it's just not morally right is it i don't see what the problem is yeah i don't see any problem in it whatsoever what about the fact that Therefore, they would get a place potentially over someone that genuinely is supportive of that religion. So you could have an atheist sitting at the back of a church, solely there to get his child into a school, over maybe somebody that lives a little bit further out that's a genuine Christian. But the two ways to look at it is that um, when they go to this faith school, they could then find some faith. And so the family could be converted, so you could look at it on both sides. To be honest with you, there's so many people out there scheming to get the best for their children. I don't see it as any different as moving house to a new area. 
to, to get these kids in their beds to school. Well, joining me now is family rights activist and Catholic mother of six, Lynette Burrows, and Claire Agassi, a Luton mum, who's just found out her daughter Talia has got into a Jewish free school. Morning, Lynette. Morning, Claire. Morning. Uh, Lynette, do you think it's right to pretend to be religious to get your kids into a better school? <laughs> I don't think... To pretend to be religious, well, I don't know whether they have to pretend to be religious. They have to go to church and that sort of thing. I dare say there's a lot of people that are religious that at times feel they're pretending. Faith is like that. It tends to come, it can come, and it, um, you know, though you might have it normally, it does fade a bit at times. I can't see anything wrong with people making every effort to get uh, what, in their experience, is the best education for their children. The shocking thing is that they need to do it, actually. That's what you should be concentrating on. Well, but there are, there are, and we, we have concentrated that on many times, the, the, the lowering standards in, in schools, but there are people, aren't there, Lynette, who, yeah. and I've got friends who've done it, who, who go and get their kids baptised, who go to church, you know, maybe once a month or so, just so that they stand a better chance of getting into a faith school. Yes. I don't see anything wrong with that, actually. I mean, you don't know why people are looking for faith. You don't know. I mean, the fact that they so desperately want their children to go to a faith school, there's something that they think is right about it. They wouldn't be trying to get them into a, um, a mafia school if there was such a thing. Well, but it's, they think, what they think is right is that it's got higher standards. It's not necessarily because they believe in Jesus. I think they might well do that. They might not know Jesus at all, but it might be their way of finding their way towards some sort of belief that they feel the need of. I have, Lynette, I have, maybe, maybe I'm not expressing myself clearly, I have friends who mm-hmm. have done this who have no religious faith whatsoever. You can't say that about person and that sort of thing. Well, you yes, just can't I can. say that. All you can say is they say to you, who's an avowed sceptic who talks nonsense about religion and what it is, Sorry? that they don't want to um, admit to you that actually they do feel a need for something, that no, they Lynette. know there's God there, Lynette, and well, they wish they knew more about it. So what nonsense was I talking, Lynette? Oh, it was you that was saying, should children be protected from going into any place where they might be under the influence of religion, wasn't no, it? it? No, it wasn't. Oh, sorry. Ah, oh, well, that's what I heard just now. Well, that's, again, some would argue that's, you know, the, the way of religion. They hear what they want to hear. No, somebody Claire. said in the, yes, pr- it wasn't in the me. run-up to your programme, yes. should children be protected from hearing about religion? Yes. Or Someone was, uh, Jonathan Vernon-Smith was asking the question. He wasn't stating it as a fact. Yeah, well, so somebody did say it, so there are people Well, yes, like but it, it, it wasn't me. But, 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 Claire, I'll come to you in a second. But, Lynette, <laughs> I know for a fact of one couple... Mm-hmm. where they have no religious conviction and they are doing it simply to get their children into a religious school. Why would they be? It's like saying they have no interest in education whatsoever but they're trying hard to get their children to school. It's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. It makes lots of sense because religious schools often have higher standards. Why? What do you mean? They teach better sums? No, they, 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 they do better. better. They better they, Lynette, they do better in the Ofsted reports. They have, they have, some schools are rated excellent, some are rated good, some are rated bad. You know How that. many how many parents send their children to school only because of Ofsted? Uh, quite a few. They quite ask a few. Around their neighbours, they ask their, how their children get on. They look at the products walking in the streets. The um, how children behave themselves. They form their own opinion. They're not thick. No, they're not thick, Lynette, but no. parents choose their schools because of the, the the Ofsted rating. Lots of parents do, and it's naive no, it's not to think guideline. they don't. It's a guideline. As they know, there have been many schools which have got a very good Ofsted rating. Yes. Which parents know are not good schools, and if so, have they been turned out 
uh, to be later on. There was a school last year that passed its offset result that had a murder in it. And, oh, cl- and the parents said, Lynette. we knew it was not a good Lynette. school at all. Claire, why did you choose to send your child to a Jewish school? Um, because <clears throat> not just from, um, I mean, the school we've chosen is a very good school and has yeah. a very good reputation, and that obviously had a, a bearing on, on why we've chosen it, um, but also from a social um, point of view. We, um, you know, we are in the minority in Luton, um, and, you know, we want her, our children to continue with the faith that we've brought them up, you know, and we've been brought up in as well. And it's very difficult to do that in Luton. <laughs> there are... The, 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 Lynette denies this happens, but there, there are instances where um, parents have lied about their religious beliefs and they've got their children baptised and they go to church once a month to get their kids into a faith school because it's better. If... How would you feel about that? Someone th- th- pretending to be of a faith just to get their children... Give them a little bit of advantage in terms of education. Um... Well, it, it, it's a difficult one. I mean... Um, oh, it, I know people to get in to get um, any kind of priority, and it's very, very difficult. It's a bit of a lottery getting it, mm. getting Talia into this school. But um, you know, I know people. You have to have a certificate. You don't have to, but it helps to have a certificate of religious practice, um, and you get points based on times you've been to the synagogue and. Wow. and um, and, and I know, you know, there are people, even Jewish people, who go, who'll go for that small period of time to get their points and then never go again. So I think it happens in every religion. It's very difficult to lie. You can't lie to say you're Jewish. Um, it, it's not something you so can you, do. So you, you could get a little scorecard, Claire, and you get it kind of ticked off every week and it, it all adds up in yeah. your favour. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's... I think that's what happens across... You know, I think that's the Catholic schools. They have to have it signed by the priest at their regular church goes. I don't. I think it's the same in every religion, religious for religious schools. Well, let's ask Lynette. Is that the case? Uh, well, I've not quite heard of that. But as a matter of fact, not answering, asking a very fair question because you can't just choose to become a Jew. They've had court cases about it, haven't they? Sammy Davis Jr. did. You are born a Jew, yeah. And if your mother is a Jew, then you do have um, rights. They, you might have to show that you practice because, like all religions, they like people that are enthusiastic about it. As a matter of fact, you didn't know this when you asked me to do the programme, but mm. I was just such a child. I, was, mm. I went to school when I was seven because it was the nearest convent school to us. My parents were both atheists, and I was sent to it because it was a, it was a private school, and it was a convent. And when I was 12, I became a Catholic, and I've never looked back. So that's the sort of thing that does happen. Eventually, both my parents followed uh, me as well. So it does happen. And uh, I was, at the moment I walked through the door into it, I knew I was at home and I felt at home. Excellent. We have to end it uh, there. Lynette, thank you very much indeed. And Claire Agassi, a Luton mum, who's just found out her daughter Talia has got into a Jewish free school. Right. A little bit later than normal. It's the Travel News with Sophie. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Anti-clockwise on the uh, M25. We still have two lanes closed following a big accident. Recovery work now taking place between Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at the M11. Congestion now back before 29 at Romford. It's going to take you nearly an hour and a half to get through that stretch, I'm afraid. Southbound on the M40, also suffering with the lane closed following an incident between Junction 9 at Vista and 8A at Oxford. Everything else not too bad, just a few usual delays to update you with on the A10 and the A1. Nothing's going to hold you up for too long, though. And we do have disruption on First Capital Connect services between Hartford North and Moorgate as well, all following an earlier incident. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Don't forget, after nine, JVS is asking, are faith schools better schools? 08459 455 555. Here's the news now. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, I'm Serena Farrow. After 18 years, a Bedfordshire man's now going to the Court of Appeal after being in prison for a murder he claims he didn't commit. Kevin Lane from Potton was convicted of the murder of Robert McGill, who was shot while walking his dog in Chorleywood. Elsewhere, some parents in Hertfordshire say it's not fair that children who aren't being brought up religious are allowed into faith schools. Father Michael Lambert, though, from St Andrews in Hitchin, says it's acceptable if parents pretend to be religious just to get their children into the best schools. Market traders are angry about the suggestion that Seclogate Bridge may crumble if their fixtures and fittings are drilled into it. Former employee of the MK Development Corporation says a lack of space between the top of the stalls and the bridge may also be dangerous. And the Chief Medical Officer for England has said the danger posed by growing resistance to antibiotics should be ranked alongside terrorism. Professor Dame Sally Davies describes it as a ticking time bomb. She warns that routine operations may become deadly in just 20 years if we lose the ability to fight infection. That's the latest news. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the championship then and Watford boss says his side's on the right track for the playoffs. That's despite a 2-1 defeat against Blackpool at the weekend. In League One, MK Dons are now 12th after a goalless draw against Sheffield United. But boss Carl Robinson's still confident to finish high behind the table. We've picked up four points over the course of the season against eight points in, in, in them four games, which is, as you well know, is promotion form. We should have done better with other games. In all of these games, the Doncaster and the Sheffield home and away we've almost had some of our stronger players out on the pitch and it makes a big difference to us as you've seen again here today Let's stay with League One then and Stevenage are 15th after a 2-0 loss against Preston elsewhere Luton drew one all against Hereford at Kenilworth Road and the winners of the replay will play Manchester City in the semis the other last four match will see Wigan face either Millwall or Blackburn who drew 0-0 at the new den yesterday and Stephen Gerrard scored a late penalty as Liverpool beat third place Tottenham 3-2. Finally, in rugby, Saracens were knocked out of yesterday's LV Cup semi-finals. They actually lost 21 points to 15 against Sales Sharks. BBC Three Counties Radio, there'll be more news and sport at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Oh, I like it when it's feisty. I do like it when it's feisty. If you want to give us a call uh, about... Lying is perhaps a strong word. Maybe just exaggerating your faith or pretending you have one when you don't to get your kids into a faith school. 08459 455 555. One of our guests there, Lynette Burrows, seemed reluctant to accept that it happens. But it does happen. It does happen. I know it happens. I, I know several instances where it's happened. 
I'm sure you do as well. 08459 455 555. And bagpipes. We're celebrating the magic of bagpipes. I've been looking all morning for a local piper in beds, hearts and bucks. Have we found any yet? I'll let you know before nine o'clock. You can go to the Facebook page as well. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. The former, it's on the front page of all the newspapers this morning, the former Liberal Democrat MP Chris Hune and his ex-wife Vicky Price will be sentenced today for perverting the course of justice. She was found guilty last week of taking his speeding points to help him avoid a possible driving ban. He pleaded guilty at the start of his trial last month. Well, our political reporter and speeding points correspondent Paul Scoynes has been watching this and can tell us more. Paul, the maximum sentence, is it, it's, it's quite long, isn't it, in prison that they could be awarded? Yeah, that's right, Ian. Perverting the course of justice uh, carries a maximum sentence of life imprisonment. Sorry? Um, it's life. Really? Yes. Um, although, hold your horses, because the average sentence is around 10 months. OK. Um, it's still quite a lot, isn't it, for telling a porky pie about speeding fines? That's right. And uh, and both uh, Hune and uh, Vicky Price have been warned uh, that they most likely do face a custodial sentence. I mean, they've been told that they're to be under no illusions about what punishment they, they face. Um, and on, on top of that... They're likely to face hefty legal bills as well because uh, Chris Hune um, tried to get his case dismissed um, and then at the last minute changed his plea to guilty. Uh, the CPS will be applying for costs as a result of that. So he stands not only to potentially receive a, a custodial sentence but also a pretty hefty legal bill. Now, will he? Will Chris benefit? Christian benefit because he pleaded guilty at the last minute. Will that? Will that shorten his sentence? Well, I'm no legal expert, Ian, but uh, my understanding is that by using mitigation uh, and, and by changing those pleas, you can potentially change that around. Now, uh, whilst I said 10 months, there is a likelihood that it'll probably be as little as, or potentially be as little as, uh, as six weeks in terms of that, uh, that, that change of, uh, of, of plea, if you like. That does give the, the judge certain movement in terms of sentencing. Uh, so we'll we, we'll wait to see. I mean, sentencing will happen later on this afternoon, uh, or sorry, potentially this morning as well. It's when it's going to start to be heard. It depends how quickly that uh, that sentence can get through. But we will know by the end of the day whether or not the former cabinet minister and his uh, his former wife will be indeed be going to prison, and for how long. Once they're sentenced, what's what's likely to happen to them? Well, they're likely. Uh, potentially, well, they'll be sentenced, and if they're sentenced to jail, they'll, they'll be taken down. Um, the, the, there is obviously an appeals process that could go through as well, but um, that, that is generally the way they go through. I mean, this, this has been a, a very embarrassing case, not just for uh, for Hume and and uh, and for Vicky Price, but also for the for the coalition, because uh, you know he had to step down from his position um, as a cabinet minister. Uh, that then, of course, um, he then indicated that he was going to to resign his seat as well uh, and that triggered a by-election as well which of course the Liberal Democrats uh, did hold on to uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, so this has but done a, a fairly uh, sort of large degree of damage to the to the parties although the Lib Dems were, were at their spring conference at the weekend saying that by holding on to uh, to Eastleigh they they were able to say that they they you know were maintaining power in the area as well so this has been a fairly high-profile um, embarrassment for, for politicians and specifically for the Lib Dems. 
I was uh, reading in one of the papers uh, either at the weekend or last week that former jailbird Jonathan Aitken has um, been passing advice onto Chris Hume saying that, that the, the bullying he'll receive in prison is no worse than the kind of bullying that he, he might receive in the House of Commons. I've yet to see an MP in the House of Commons swinging a, a, a piece of soap in a sock. <laughs> Well, no, although some of the bars late at night, and they get pretty rowdy. Um, Paul, listen, I appreciate that. I, 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 before I let you go, just to go off on a slight tangent, I know you have very strong views on the bagpipes, and we're celebrating the magic uh, of the bagpipe. So, we're celebrating the magic of the bagpipes today. I'm hoping before nine o'clock we find a local piper. What's your opinion on one of the greatest musical instruments known to man? <laughs> the bagpipe. That's a pretty, pretty strong claim. Um, they are, in my mind, uh, the most d- disgusting of musical forms. Um, I used to live in Scotland and would regularly walk up to a mile uh, longer than I needed to to avoid a particular piper at the uh, at the top of um, uh, the, the Waverley Steps, which is just by the train station in Edinburgh. Um, and to get to college, I used to walk around a mile longer than I needed to just to avoid that particular screeching tone where he'd be bashing out that that oh just loads of songs sounding the same it's i i don't rate it paul i'm really sorry that i ruined your day but that's our political reporter paul scoynes there across beds hearts and bucks this is ian lee on bbc three counties radio dennis in dunstable you love the pipes don't you no i do not sorry What's, what's wrong That's with one it? Of the good reasons with it, the Scots might leave us for God's sake. <laughs> the pugpats, they're not a Scottish instrument. They were they were invented what the year one, I should think, in e- in Egypt. They've been in India, they've been in Spain. A lot of people play bagpipes. Yeah, which, which means that it's a wonderful universal... No, it isn't. It means that Scots are about the only people who do it now. Oh dear. You, you've, li- listen, Dennis, you've called in about uh, Chris Hune. H- him and uh, his wa- ex-wife, Vicky Price, get sentenced today. I didn't realise that they, that they won't get this, but they could potentially get life. Yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't how I wanted to talk to oh. I'll just say this young man who's done 18 years in prison, yeah. in my era, yeah. he would have been strung up long ago. And this is a good excuse not to bring back the death penalty. Well, yes, you're talking, of course, about Kevin Lane, who is, who is the other f- up for appeal. These other two, quite frankly, they deserve to go to prison. They're supposed to be our leaders, for God's sake. Yeah. And if that's the sort of attitude they've got, they don't... They have no respect for ordinary people if they think they can get away with it, and I think they ought to get a damn good sentence. But, but, but Dennis, come on. He, th- she just told a little porcupine about three points on a licence, mm-hmm. in the great scheme of things, really. Yes, but what would happen if we did it? Hey, we'd go to jail without any problem. Nevertheless, they're supposed to be our leaders. They're supposed to show honesty, for God's sake. I know we can get rid of them every four years, and some of them deserve to go right away. But nevertheless, if they broke the law, the law which they pushed through, right, then they ought to be. They ought to suffer for it. I'm sorry. I've no sympathy whatsoever. Have you? I don't know if you've if you if you've ever had points on a driving license. Yes, but, I've been stung. Sorry. I've been stung, yes. Well, it's, uh, but it's OK, so you had points. Imagine you had... How many points did you get on your licence? It was only just... I, I went over a red line when I shouldn't have done. OK, but imagine you had nine points on your licence. Yeah. And your car is your lifeline, OK? It's, yeah. it, 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 it feeds your family, it pays your bills. Yeah. And you get some f- a few more points. Wouldn't you be tempted to go to the missus or your son or a friend and say, look... <laughs> I'll give you 50 quid. Could you just take these points for me and, you know, we'll, th- th- would you not be tempted? No. Quite, well, no, no, I'm a very honest person, of course. 
I wouldn't tell you anything but the truth. <laughs> Dennis and Dunsell. No, I wouldn't, honestly. It's, you t- you've done something wrong. I'll take the blame. Take the blame. Dennis, thank you very much indeed. Dennis and Dunstable, maybe playing with me slightly there. Well, 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 Hume, the Humes will be sentenced later on today. Do, do you agree with Dennis? They should get a long sentence. They could get as little as six weeks. And I guess that if, if this had all come out ten years ago, six weeks you kind of go, well, yeah, yeah, probably fair enough. Maybe a couple of weeks. I guess the fact is this has dragged on for about ten years. It's cost a fortune in legal fees and, and probably libel fees and all these kind of things. Do they deserve to get a stronger sentence than six weeks? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel news now with Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the main problems are still anti-clockwise on the M25 at the moment. One lane closed with queuing traffic. Very long delays as well following recovery work now taking place. It's following an accident at just around Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at the M11 with congestion back before 29 at Romford now. Travel time is around an hour and a half, I'm afraid. Southbound on the M40, one lane also closed following an incident between Junction 9 at Bista and 8A at Oxford. Everything else not looking too bad at the moment. Few usual delays in place. Barnet Bypass still busy heading south around Stirling Corner and the A10 through Chesant always a little bit busy as well at this time around Winston Churchill Way. Still suffering with disruption though on First Capital Connect services between Hartford North and Moorgate following a signal problem so do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Sophie. Morning, it's 8.45. It's Monday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire man is going to the Court of Appeal after 18 years in prison for a murder he claims he didn't commit. The government's being warned the growing resistance to antibiotics is just as serious as terrorism. In sport, Liverpool are up to sixth in the Premier League after a 3-2 win over Tottenham. Coming up, well, we've been trying to track down someone in the three counties who plays the bagpipes on the show. I'm beginning to think it might not happen. Only 15 minutes left. If you know one, 08459 455 555. But now let's get the weather with Georgina Burnett. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We have a bitterly cold day today. There's a rather nasty northeasterly wind, which is really taking the edge off uh, the daytime highs, which is struggling to make it up to freezing today. We will have some sunny intervals, but also scattered snow showers, which will be occasionally heavy, particularly this morning. Tonight, we'll have large amounts of cloud with scattered, mainly light snow showers. If any do settle, it will be because they're in, forming in a band, so it's going to be very much a localised thing, and we could have up to five centimetres in those areas. There'll also be a widespread frost developing and the strong wind staying with us. Temperatures dip down to minus three degrees. Tomorrow will be a much more decent day though. The wind decreases gradually. It will still be very cold but generally dry with sunny spells although there may be some isolated snow showers. Tomorrow the highs will be three degrees Celsius. Wednesday is looking like a cold day with brisk northeasterly winds and some snow showers. Thursday we've got some snow, sh- snow showers but also sunny spells at times but today is certainly a day to to go out in your thermals. Thank you very much, Georgina. Did you know you can get in touch with BBC Three Counties Radio wherever you are via Twitter at BBC3CR. Join us on Facebook. 
facebook.com slash BBC 3CR. Call us on 08459 455 555 or text us on 81333 and start your message with 3CR. Getting beds, hearts and bucks talking. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I should stress, and a couple of you have started doing this, uh, if there's a story happening that you think, oh, hey, hang on a second, why aren't Three Counties covering this? And it could be a tiny thing that's happening to your house or your street or your town. Why don't you send us an email? A couple of ways you can do this. I, I tell you what, send an email to ian.lee at bbc.co.uk ian.lee at bbc.co.uk and it's I-A-I-N I spell it the Scottish way, the proper way if you send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk and I'll have a little look and if we think it's worth doing on this show or something we can do, we'll, uh, we'll investigate it further uh, or if maybe I think it's, you know, it, it's more suited to, to JVS or Nick Coffer or uh, Roberto then I'll forward it on to the right party how's about that, huh? Now, Chris Hune and his ex-wife, Vicky Price, get sentenced today. Madeline's in Sandy. Morning, Madeline. Hello there, Ian. Th- th- they're going to get sentenced today. They could get life. They won't. They'll probably get something like six weeks. Do you think that's, that's appropriate? No, I don't. I don't. Um, let's be practical here, Ian. Yes. Now, if your licence, if your driving licence was everything to you... Yep. And meant you having your job and supporting your family and doing everything else. Would you actually let yourself get nine points on your driving licence? I did. And would you actually risk going over that? I would pro- well, I, I did, this is years, years and years ago, ladies and gentlemen, I did have nine points on my licence, um, and I learnt my lesson then well and truly. But you were very much younger. Yes. And you weren't in a position that Christian is in. I was not, I was not a member of Parliament, no. No. Now, if your driving licence is that important to you, mm. and we expect these people, rightly or wrongly, we expect these people to set us an example. Some people think that's um, not uh, acceptable to expect, but I actually do think that when you're in a position like that, you have a responsibility to behave yeah. in a responsible manner. If I had got three points on my licence, or maybe even six, I'd say to myself, hang on, hang on, I must not get any more under any circumstances. I'm getting to the point where I might lose my licence. But this isn't, isn't what he did. And I think anybody who allows them to get to n- n- nine points, I mean, OK, you were younger, and we all do mad things. I was younger and younger. I was just some idiot off the telly that yeah. didn't know better. Yeah. But he got to nine points and still flouted the speed limits or whatever he did to get his ni- over his nine points. Now, is it because they think that because, they c- because they're in the position that they're in, they can actually get away with it? They can actually find a way around it? I don't know. But I think that he should go to jail. I mean, I don't really know how long he should go to jail for. Uh, Definitely not life. But, I mean, I think he should go to jail. Madeline, do you think that his ex-wife, Vicky Price, should go to jail as well? All she did was just kind of, you know, offer to, well, take the points for him. Yeah, well... Yeah, I do, actually, because she's complicit in the whole thing, isn't she, really? And, I mean, I didn't actually follow the case but it 
would seem from what I've read that it was a bit of sort of revenge, a revenge thing. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I mean, whether she was... Um, it's actually been proven that she wasn't coerced into doing it. Um, and so, yes, she has actually broken the law by doing it. OK, Madeline, it, it, it's, it, we will find out today what their sentence is. They're both going to go to prison, probably. We shall find out. It's been a very strange show this morning. We've gone from antibiotics to um, not talking about bridges to talking about bagpipes. Lynn's in Hemel. Good morning, Lynn. Hello, Ian, my darling. Hello, my love. Now, you, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you my love. If you don't like the bagpipes, I will stop calling you that. Are you a fan of them? I had a Scottish piper at my wedding. Did you invite him or did you just turn up? No, it was from Scottish regalia. Oh. He wasn't drunk and just stumbled in. He was the best man. Um, um, was he, did, he, did he play the pipes? He did. He played us in and out of the registry office. And then he did something very cheeky. Oh. Because there's a little bridge by Hemel registry office. Yes. And me and my best friend stood on the bridge. And Robbie, all the rest of the guests were sort of milling around by the front of the registry office. Yes. And he stood behind the photographer to the side oh. and lifted his kilt and proved the story about what Scotland oh, and where you don't want to see that from another man that's not your husband on your wedding day, or do you? Oh, I tell you what, though, it was. I've got the most hilarious photo because me and her just fell about, and we're both pointing kind of downwards. Oh, <laughs> so. I, Lynn, I, Lynn, just because we have young ears listening, I'm gonna. I don't want to know why you were pointing out. I wore a kilt to a friend's wedding. I didn't have any pants on. It's quite freeing, but then we did some dancing, like Scottish dancing at the end, and the kilt kind of flaps up. So I went and put some pants on then, because I, 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 you, you, you know, you don't need to see. Anyway, let's move on. We have been talking about bagpipes this morning, haven't we? I absolutely love them. <laughs> Well, it's not quite traditional Scottish music, but it's... Listen to that. That sounds more like an Egyptian pipe. They all come from the same place. So there we go, but we've sent our um, uh, tight shirt correspondent, Justin Daly, out and about this morning. Justin? Oh, Ian, good morning. We're having a bag off here, aren't we? Hey! Hey! The sound of bag. You've been speaking to the good people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks about bagpipes today, Dilly. I have indeed. The worrying headlines in the papers this morning, why bagpipes may be dangerous for your health. They may disappear, you never know. I've been out in Luton this morning, finding out whether people love or hate them. Leslie, the sound of bagpipes. Do you love it or do you hate it? Absolutely love them, Justin. Whenever I hear bagpipes, I always stop spinning my tracks. So you have to stop there and then and just listen and enjoy. Absolutely love them. Okay then, madam, bagpipes, the sound of them, magical, or do you absolutely hate them? I love the sound of bagpipes. It reminds me of Scottish people and New Year's Eve, and I would not like to see the bagpipes abolished. I don't think that's going to happen. When you hear the sound of bagpipes, is it just wrong not to have a drink in your hand? No, it's quite right. You always have to have a drink in your hand when you're listening to the bagpipes. Thank you, Justin. Well, Charlie, you absolutely adore bagpipes. Can you tell us why? It's just the sound they make when they're all together. It's really nice, calming sound. Makes you feel quite emotional, even? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah. if they were to disappear, you'd be terribly upset. I would be. I would be. Yeah. yeah. Really devastating. Is that going too far? Um, yeah, it's a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but you'd be upset. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael, again, you're somebody who loves bagpipes. Can you tell us why? I can't explain it. Really, it's just the sound. Just a stirring sound when it's you a hear it. it makes sound. you feel good. Yeah. yeah, this makes me feel good. I quite like it. There's a guy in Bedford that often does busking with one. Like that, I'll stand and watch him for five, six minutes, shove a bit of money in his cap. <laughs> so is that good? He's, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's very good. Justin, you, you, earlier on in the show, you did a shout-out yes. to, to a piper. Have you had any luck? Well, w- uh, yeah, around an hour ago, we, we were hopefully um, trying to get in contact with a man called Stephen Guthrie, who's from Milson Keynes. He's a bagpipe player. We wanted somebody before nine to play the bagpipes live on air. I believe that Stephen Guthrie from Milson Keynes is on the line right now, so I've been told. Stephen, are you there? Yes, I am. Sing hosannas! We've got a piper on the show. Stephen, listen, we haven't got much time, but we've been celebrating the magic of the bagpipes today. Justin and I both think it's a wonderful, evocative instrument. (laughs) It's an odd one to play. How did you first get into it? I started learning at school. Did you you enjoy it as a young person, playing it? Um, I did. I did give up a couple of times as a stroppy teenager, but it seemed to always end up going back. And for you, what's so special about the pipes? Um, I don't know, it's just an instrument I enjoy playing. I've played it for a long time and uh, it gets you out and about, gets you meeting some new people and going places you normally wouldn't go. Stephen, are your pipes there? Can you can you give us a little little jig? Unfortunately, I can't. Um, I'm at work at Milton Keynes. My bagpipes are 12 miles away at home, but uh, <laughs> I'm afraid... <laughs> oh, it's no. Not sort of, it's, not, it's not the sort of thing you take to work with you every day. You should do. You, should, you never know when you might be called for some emergency <laughs> piping, for goodness sakes. I'll bear that in mind for the future. You should do. OK, well, you can't play any... Uh, you can't play... But you're a member of the, the, the MK Pipe Band, is that correct? That's correct, Well, yes. d- tell us a little bit about them. Um, it's practiced twice a week at uh, Bletchley Park. Um, they've been around for about 20, 25 years. 15 pipers, 7 drummers, and they're competing this year for the first time in a while. And have you got a website? If people want to have a, a little look at what you do and maybe get you to come Absolutely. and play at their, their venue, what's happening? Where, where um, can they look? The Pipe Band website is www.mkpb.net. OK, Stephen, well, listen, thank you so much for coming on, and we will get you in one, one Friday morning to come in and play, if that's OK. No problem. Stephen, okay. thank, thank you very much. Well, Justin, we didn't quite get the pipes mm, live mm. on the show, but I've, I've, Kelly Betts, my temporary producer, is waving at me frantically. Kelly, what are you trying to tell me? Well, what I'm trying to tell you is that, you know the Bedford Pipe Band? Yes. Well, you never guess what. You what? Know, Donald Reed from the Bedford Pipe Band, who we spoke to earlier. On the show earlier on, yes. He's going to come in on Friday with his bagpipes. You're joking! Yeah. We got some yes. pipes! Excellent stuff, Kelly Betts. Thank you very much, Justin. I appreciate the effort you put in, despite mm, the fact mm. you're wearing a shirt that's way <laughs> too tight for you this morning. <laughs> it's OK, it's fine. And I might have a bagpipe player myself for you tomorrow morning. Leave oh, it with me. Man. Leave it with me. You guys, you guys are the second best. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, everyone who took part in the show this morning and indulging me in my love of pipes. Right, let's get the travel news now. Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Anti-clockwise on the M25, one lane is closed with queuing traffic and long delays or following recovery work after an accident. It's just around Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 27 at Romford, as uh, at uh, the M11, sorry, uh, delays are back, but around Romford though at Junction 29 can take you around an hour and a half to get through that stretch. Southbound on the M40, one lane also closed following a broken down vehicle between Junction 9 at Bicester and 8A at Oxford. Also looking fairly busy still on the A1 and on the A10, usual delays 
delays Wade expect, particularly around Chesnant on the A10 and on the trains as well. Disruption on First Capital Connect between Hartford North and Moorgate following a signal problem. So do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. Well, there we go. That's the end of the show. Excellent stuff. Thank you, everybody, who took part and helped make the show what it was. I'm back tomorrow at six o'clock. We might carry this pipe theme on for the whole week. JVS is up next. Until tomorrow, ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith, start of a new week. And on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, are faith schools better schools? Local authorities are receiving...